When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. And with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hey there, Bunk Funkers. What's going on? Woo! Andy, it's the new year, baby! Oh, man. 2022. 2020. Woo! 2020. Woo! Yeah, baby. It's new year, and I got some resolutions. Oh, do you? Yeah. This year is Why do you have year- that shotgun? Huh? I'll tell you what my resolutions are. I'm not taking any more shit around here. I'm in charge now. Woo! <laughs> Andy, we have such a fantastic first episode to kick off the new year. Uh, Bunk Funkers, you're going to be blowing a shotgun-sized load out of your fucking whatever kind of pants you wear. Snub Maybe you're not nose, wearing pants. Your snub-nosed uh, little... Yeah, your 38 special you got packed in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Either end, baby. Whatever. Front or back. I yeah, don't care. I'm not matter. judging. <laughs> whatever it is, you're going to be... There's going to be stains is what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's right. We have the lead singer of Stained. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since he's been on the show. <laughs> the lead singer of Stained. Scott's... Whatever his name is. Scott Stapp? Nope, that's no, Creed. Yeah. Uh, Scott. 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 Hey, Scott. Hey! <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. Crew. How you been, man? Anyway, we got to move on. Thanks for joining us, Scott from Stained. We got a lot of good guests on this episode. Hey, we got... Uh, you guys remember that commercial from the, the Dunkin' Donuts in the 80s making the donuts? We got that guy. Oh, no. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. He's very dead. Um, okay. Andy, we have such a great fucking topic. I want to get to our guests. Yeah. You could see them in the title. They oh, they're our first of the year guests every year. It's a tradition. It's a tradition. Except for last year when we were the second episode of the new year, or maybe third. It was January seventeenth, yeah. I believe. Yeah, it was not the. Yeah, just calling you out. That's all. Just kind of feels like sometimes I know your catalog better than you do. Well, you're making a good point, Ian. The fucking eggheads are here. Um, we're talking. I want to get to the topic first, guests. Please. Topic first, guests. Andy, we're talking 
Men in Black. Men in Black. You know Here it. Here comes Men in Black. That's right. Everybody knows it from the hit song, but not a lot of people know that song was part of a movie soundtrack called Men in Black. A fantastic movie. I can't wait to talk about it. An animated series on Fox Kids. A film do. franchise, a media franchise. A media franchise. And some scary dudes that'll come and visit you if you've seen an alien. That's true. So these are scary dudes. A lot of fun stuff to talk about here. Yeah. Bunk Funkers, of course, as always. I mean, if you want to go straight to the research, you can. There's a you know, timestamp in the show notes. Check it out. I really think you should stick around because our guests today are the tippy top of the bunker guest mountain. And they're always here for the first of the year episode. Right. Except that one time. Except that one. One out of three years. And um, we're so fucking happy. We're so excited that they're here. At least that one of them's here. Um, It is our very good friends, Andy. Would you like to introduce them? I would like to introduce Go them, ahead. please. Uh, Bunk Funkers, join me in extending your heartiest welcomes to uh, the princess of the bunker. That's right. Natalie O'Hamilton. Hi. And please. Hi, Natalie. Welcome Hi. our arch nemesis and largest rival, uh, Ian O'Hamilton. Oh, please, wow. please stop your applause. Golf clap. No All one's right. clapping. I, okay. You should mention I'm bowing too. <laughs> yeah. Ian is bowing back and forth. I think he's trying to pull a Marilyn Manson, suck his own dick. <laughs> You've had ribs removed, right? Is that true? That's a new update. Oh for no, you. he ate a bunch of ribs before oh, he came he ate into a bunch the bunker. Of ribs. Yeah. He's adding ribs. I had my own ribs taken out. I, you know, slapped some sauce on them. I peppered them. You know, really, really cooked them. Wow. You know, put them in a smoker. Like really, just really uh-huh. got them good. And then I had uh, pig's ribs inserted where my ribs uh, were taken out. Huh. So. I'm back to full, what is it, eight ribs? Yeah, poor scene enhancement. I'm a big fan of that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, probably Ian, about 18, 18, 20 ribs in the human body. Is yeah. that true? Sure. I guess I meant <laughs> per side. Sure. As far as I know, <laughs> that's I an know. accurate number. Let's let's books. Let's all just let's pause all just the podcast pause and count. No, 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 no. Well, I Ian, you may not have been able the game to- operation. Oh, my bread basket. Yeah, oh. that sexy. Get away from my fat. wife's bread basket. <laughs> What a hot hunk that guy was, huh? Yeah, no kidding. He was willing to bear all for that child's game. And honestly, that's a level of confidence I aspire to. Oh, my God. Hamilton's, it's, oh, Hamilton's, it's go. So, oh, Hamilton's, it's so good to see you both. Oh, Thank you both. Hamilton's, oh, Hamilton's, how so lovely are your appearances. <laughs> it's so good to have you both in the bunker. Really? Doing in the it bunker. live. Yeah, um, fuck it. We're doing great it live. In those suits, we'll do it by live. the way. You guys look lovely in these. Black suits. Why, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's Have nice you noticed you it's a double Windsor knot on my tie? Wow. As well? wow. Oh, very large knot. Yeah. Wow. I did tie Natalie's for her, too. But yeah. That's yeah, it was good. It's nice. It but looks good. You guys look great. Are these black suits, black ties, little black, black sunglasses. Little black sunglasses. Wow. It's a very curated look. Is that a fedora or a Hamburg style? Oh, it's Hamburg. Oh, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a beret on. Yeah. You know. Wow. Yeah, Ian, you look a lot like Churchill. Well... You know, I just uh, don't think much of Neville Chamberlain, you know? (laughs) Does anybody ever? Come on. Am I right? No one does. Um, I mean, talk about a guy who wanted to suck Hitler's dick, huh? (laughs) Talk about a guy who really gave up the Sudetenland for nothing. (laughs) Talk about a guy who really bared all, you know? (laughs) Yeah. No. I don't. No, it's not. I don't know Um, if he was nude for it. What's, what, I mean, what, what do, what do we do the honor? What, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about your histories with, 
that stuff already. You could check out the first appearance by the O'Hamiltons of whatever fucking episode you guys the did. Simpsons oh, the Simpsons writers are time traveling writers. But um, what's so there's some new you guys have some things you want to discuss with with Andy and I. Well, last year, if you recall, we were here to give you some network, network notes, notes. Oh, Actually, from Mr. Bunker. Do you recall? Uh, do I do you recall? Do you the recall? Reindeer of all. I don't recall. I, don't, I yeah. usually when everybody when somebody asks me, do I remember? I just go mm-hmm, in the hopes that as they're talking yeah. about whatever it is that my memory will jog. Or you'll pick no up. Do you mean clues? redial? I've redialed. Yeah, but I've never recalled. You've star sixty uh, nine. <laughs> Maybe that and some other things. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it weird how everyone's on speed dial now? <laughs> it's true. Are they? You just shout yeah. at your phone and so it calls people. You just, everyone's name is just click, boom. I guess, that's you true. know, yeah. uh, let's see when you were here last year. I think it worked, Natalie. I think it did. Yeah. Um, they don't remember a thing. Agent can, I. Look, we look, talked about the Simpsons writers. Look at their vacant eyes. Look at uh, their vacant expressionless faces. They're so uh, empty. I mean, well, so void and v- vapid. Okay. So, I take a little offense to that. I mean, Andy has a very dead behind the eyes, shark like, like a shark mixed with a rat like appearance. Yeah, but I am very. I mean, I'm full of life. People tell no, me that. you can tell like, I'm a I'm a pure killer. Yours are like marbles or like a baby seal. You know, there's just all huh. black. I feel like I'm having a conversation with you where you know you clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Like if I talked about you know sports. And I was like, oh, did you see what, you know, the juice did last week? You know, he really uh-huh. uh, stiff armed that guy. Uh-huh. And you were like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. He hasn't played in 30 years. Also, he murdered his wife, ex-wife and her boyfriend. Uh-huh. But you don't know anything about sports, so you don't know what I'm talking about. But that's what you look like. Were they dating? Okay, well, but here's the thing, though. <laughs> O.J. Simpson was also on a trial of a century there, so even without the sports. Oh, you would bring that up. Oh, you know what, though? He was really good in uh, Naked Gun. He was really good. You guys like those Naked Gun movies? He had solid physical humor in those movies. Yeah. He had great physicality. I guess, is this what you guys want to bring up? You want to finally get me to admit on the air that I've never seen the Naked Gun movies? Wow. 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 Oh, in this, the year of our Lord, 2022. I never dreamed. Yes, in the year of our Lord, 2022, which it is right now. I never dreamed that I'd be able to sit in judgment of you for not having seen a movie that I had. Well, fine. Wow. wow. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ian and Natalie. I admit, I've never seen the Naked Gun movies. Is that what you're here to fucking talk about? No. We're here about how you God. two are screwing up. What? Day after day, what? week after week, not just as husbands and lovers. What? Not no, just no, as no, friends, wait, wait, wait. Not just as parents. Not just okay. as daddies. Hold on. Hang on now a minute. We've clarified this on the air. Any any sex between the two of us was accidental. It was accidental sex. There was not and there was no love involved. We sleep with lubed dicks. <laughs> And lubed buttholes <laughs> and lubed mouths. Oh my god! I put lubed Vaseline mouths. in every orifice because I get very dry. And I am a restless sleeper. And occasionally I roll out of my bed. He's got and roll over into someone else's into bed. Art's and mouth. He has restless pelvic syndrome. Right, where he has to thrust <laughs> in his sleep. I have his legs completely still. Yeah, only the pelvis. 
The thighs, no movement. It's just the pelvis. It's a very strange sensation. I don't know if that's impressive or concerning. It's both. I take I take uh, RPS medicine. It doesn't work. Yeah, we've been thinking about getting a sleep apnea machine for your dick. Uh, it's I'm a sleep pumper. So <laughs> the couch, the fridge, you find me up at late at night humping the water thing in the fridge. I mean, right. that, that machine just sounds like an automated f- fleshlight. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's one it. of those same things they used to milk cows. Oh. oh. So is that what you guys are here to talk about? You're criticizing our health you got that problems. Wrong. You got that wrong. That's just wrong. two, two daddies. We're two friends. We so have health problems. We have a, health problems. A year ago, not to the day, about two weeks later. So about fifty weeks ago, Jesus when you had us on the podcast before, we gave you some network notes from the titular Mister Bunker about what you could be doing better. Illusionary mastermind. And conspiracy theorist. Never heard of that guy. Not only as. Not ringing a bell. Titular to what? Would you believe that not only have you heard of him, but you've been working for him for three years? You've met him every week. Um, uh, pretty the much. Only people every I work week. for are myself and God. And I don't even work for God. I'm doing this for me, baby. And I view myself as God. So really, I'm just working for myself. Twice over. Yeah, panhandlers are always like, we'll work for food or change or God. Mm-hmm. Put some God in my cup. Agent I, I think we need to do what we were sent here to do. Agent N, I couldn't what? agree more. Is this directed at me? Are you guys talking to us? Is this like some kind of a nerve toxin? Agent N? What are you guys doing? You guys doing like uh, husband and wife talk right now? Pillow talk? This, this well, what it's like at night? This is you... pillow talk. We yeah. do have a sort of husband and wife twin ESP, but that's actually not what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Wait, tw- uh, twins who are married? Well, no. If you keep clicking it, we'll keep making Andy it. Andy and I are eternal batches. So, you know, we're always out hunting for strange and yeah. no one can tie us down except for ourselves. Yeah, we're we'd just like a couple of thirsty down. batches. Would you believe? Well, that and oil tankers, they're always tying us would down. Would you believe? Art, that you are in a long-term committed relationship, not with Andy. And would you believe, Andy, that you have a wife and child that you have neglected for years? Um, That doesn't sound accurate. No, I have, because you just... I have two children. Yeah, you just talked to... Which I don't neglect. We don't neglect them I at all. I spend at least half an hour a week with them. At, at least. One-on-one. Agent N, could you fill them in a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have a wife and child. Think about the clothes that you're wearing. All of these were gifts. Do you think that adult baby David Crosby and Peon Musk gave those to you? I would like to believe that they would. I'd like to believe that they both honor me so much that they would make my clothing. Do you think that the fortress of Walmarts around you could make clothes that are this nice? Hmm? Would sell this nice of clothing? Um, Do you remember buying this clothing at all? No, but... Who remembers it? I also don't remember waking up this morning. Would you believe? So how do we know that that happened? You're just checkmate gonna to, atheist. <laughs> you're gonna have to take my word for it, believer. If you're a believer, then why don't you believe this? All right, I lay it on me. All right, Imagine Dragons. What are you gonna lay yeah, on? Imagine me? Dragons. There was a full year plus of the titular Mister Bunker kidnapping you in various. Some would say hilarious. Some would say traumatic off, and off putting, boring ways. ways. Hmm. Uh, and then there was another almost full year 
of Mr. Bunker flying around the globe. Sending you postcards from various countries trying to gain immunity from the COVID-19 coronavirus that has plagued the world. We're, we're stepping into junior year of COVID right now. And then you hmm. had the audacity after Mr. Bunker sent us to give you perfectly fair network notes. Gorgeous network notes. Yeah. Sexually pleasing network notes. Yeah. Changing your names. What's so wrong with that? Buying a snake, Andy. Why did you have a problem with that? Too phallic? Not phallic enough? What's the problem? Look, I do look like a rat, and I think a snake would try to eat me. Well, Fair enough, actually. He is okay. the rat king. Maybe yeah. you didn't have to take that note, but there were so many notes that you didn't well, take. Well, checkmate atheists. I mean, checkmate atheists. Well, check this, believers. What about the hamster tubes? <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. You have the audacity of- to sue Mr. Bunker. And bring the lovely Judge Judy into all of this. You had to drag Judge Judy she into your She could retire. Filth. Why couldn't she just retire? Do you know how much money she makes? On mm. She works for a streaming network now, but I can't think of yeah, it. Yeah, she did like the biggest TV deal in history. Yeah. It's called like Judy now. Or OnlyFans? You I wish. I subscribe to that. I wish. And after you somehow won this court case against Mr. Bunker. This, the legal system is broken. Clearly, clearly, you showed them all this fake news, all these BuzzFeed articles or something. To- BuzzFeed quizzes, what kind of potato are you? Scalloped, mashed, we did? french fries. I don't know how Judge Judy was convinced by you with all these top tens you were sending her. How are you scalloped, Andy? I guess, because I have sort of a cheesy... Or a gratin. Yeah, you're all gratin. Yeah. We know that. And after you won this case, we decided that we had to erase your memories because it was just absurd. It was absurd. See, just just like this. Okay? Look into this really closely. Look huh? right here. Uh-huh. Andy, what? look. Check yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. Where, where am I looking? Oh, jingling keys. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Do you remember any of our conversation just now? (laughs) Okay, it sounds like they forgot way way too much. Uh, Keep looking, keep looking. Okay, do you remember our conversation just now? What? Uh, welcome to Mr. Bunker's. Oh, okay, that was too far. That was too far. All right. Wait, what, wait, what is that? What? Are you, what are you okay, doing? look you into this red thing. Okay. Okay. All right. So you remember the past thirty-ish minutes? Uh, Feels like thirty minutes, maybe ten. Well, I, we were just talking about how good your suits look. Oh. You guys look good in those suits. That's right. We yeah. do look good in these suits. Yeah, you guys look good in those suits. Yeah. Even Natalie are here. That's so, right. You guys look great in these suits. You're here to, uh, you said you had some news for us that you wanted yeah. to share. So, uh, yeah, we're ready to hear it. We're ready to hear it. Um, it's good to see you guys. You know, you're here wearing these lovely suits. You get yeah, we, we already talked about the suits. We talked about the her hat, which is, I wanted to say baguette. What was it again? Beret. Beret. Oh, I got a baguette hat. <laughs> yeah. So um you um 
you two. This is tense. Something's tense about your energy. What I don't understand. Wait, do you, you remember the daddy's part? We're two daddies, right? That's, oh, okay. So we're just we're Andy back to square daddies. one. We're Andy and our two daddies, of course. Yes, Andy and thank you, Ian. We have our two, two children, uh, our adult, two beautiful children, undead teenage sexual transgender humans, and David Crosby, the light of my life, the and light of your life, and light of my. Life. We live the batch life. Yeah, we hunt for strange. Is that? We already knew that. Oh my God, we flashy thing them how many times? We and we're have back to, to square one. Let's dial the juice back a little bit. Uh huh. Bring it all the way back. All right. Let me let me adjust the settings here. Let me here. Ian, look at me. Look at okay. Me. Okay. Look at Wait. Me. Like oh, this. those are some jingly ass keys there you go. got there. There we go. Okay. And. <sighs> Where am I? Oh boy. Oh, you know what? I gotta you? give you. I gotta give you some of the juice back. All right. Hold on, Ian. Check it out. Come here. Oh. Ooh, those are some beautiful keys you got there. And Man, Ian really likes keys. Oh, the light's just reflecting in the right. Oh, oh okay. Um, okay, uh, I remember everything. Agent N, please stop flashy thinking me. I'm your wife. <laughs> I reserve the right to do that. Of course she's going to flash you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, That's what we'd do if we had wives. Yeah, if flash we had wives. All the time. But- we're eternal batch. Eternal batch life. All right. Two daddies. Age and I, I think we got the dial just right. We're taking you back to a magical time. 2018, pre-COVID. Huh. huh. You two are Innocent. living your lives. Is this some sort of a like ASMR deal? Is this VR chat? Because if so, oh, wait, I would have we sex have to... with a big titty goth. Wait check. a minute. Actually, <laughs> the way it works is we have to flashy thing them. Then we have to tell them what reality is. Oh, well, that's how it works in the movie. Okay, right, right, what right. Movie? Oh, okay. Well, you'll you'll know in a second. Okay, so just Got look it. at these keys, right? Oh, look at these wow, keys those right are now. some lovely keys. Look, look at these keys. The year is twenty eighteen. Welcome to Mister Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. You two have been kidnapped by the titular Mister Bunker. What the fuck? Illusionary is- mastermind and conspiracy theorist. And he is going to force you to podcast and research. Well, first research, you know, kind of half-ass the research, you know, and maybe just watch a couple documentaries and really glaze over a lot. Really, it's like a Wikipedia explanation. You of could probably go topic. to the library if you're like really into it, but otherwise, well, my guess is you, you probably don't have a lot of time. So you're going to research the topics, and until you've podcasted about them, you will not be let out of this bunker. Wow! And you're Art, and you're Andy, and you've been performing middle to low level improv. For several years now. Mm-hmm. And Whoa. yeah, you will oh, take wow. that experience into this podcast what that you, we're rebooting. What are you two going to do to us? Oh, we're just going to hang out, have a good time, talk to you guys a little bit about some stuff, you know? Yeah. Maybe, we were going to, we wanted to talk about Men in Black with you, actually. Yeah, if that's okay. Uh, oh, uh, all right. Well, uh, how, what, what's the last thing you remember? Well, it, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we were doing our uh, long-running improv show. It was very uh, well-regarded, called Skull Mountain. I heard it felt long too. Yeah, yeah. We got that feedback a lot. Um. Yeah, we were just outside, you know, 
know, breathing air. Mm-hmm. We were just doing that thing that we normally did, which is, you know, as soon as the show ended, we go outside of the theater. Yeah. Stand there for an hour. Yeah. And just do bits on the sidewalk. Right. You know what I'm thinking, Agent N? Mm-hmm. I think they, okay, I think they think it's 2018. Though. Oh, yeah. Who's president? Barack Obama? No. No, no. Oh, my God. Oh my. They're, wait, that's 2009. Oh, uh, my God. Huh? Yeah. I'm, huh? Oh, boy. What? Okay. okay um, uh, so, wait, Art, you're still in high school. <laughs> yeah, I'm a junior. <laughs> I have to take the ACT soon. Well, your voice just cracked. Uh, wait, what is this? 2008, the financial crisis? No, it's, is, what are you guys talking about? It's 2005. I'm playing RuneScape online. Yeah, oh I just graduated gosh. college. My friends. <laughs> oh, Andy, you're on your third wife. A- actually, while he's in this what mental state. What are you guys state, talking about? It's 2000. It's me. Oh, my God. They're <laughs> regenerating. Oh, my God. I'm only nine years old. I'm in Mrs. Turner's third grade class. What's up? Okay, okay. Andy, you're on your second wife. Now it's 1998. Hey, guys. How old do you think you are, Andy? 71. Mm, I can't verify if that's right. <laughs> this is that. like Benjamin Button gone horribly, horribly <laughs> awry. Benjamin Button didn't win all those awards. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. I, okay. Yes, oh. 1993. <laughs> Did you even check the settings on the flashy? Oh, my God. I'm a little baby. <laughs> Ooh. Look at my little belly button and my penis. Okay, that's oh, no. we shouldn't be looking at that. Hey, I shut my pants. Okay, well, Ooh, I'm 1993. I'm one year old. I don't know how your whole body changed as well. I'm so sorry, Agent I. This has gone so so poorly. We really should have okay. practiced beforehand. Yeah, or thought this through at all. Okay, <laughs> reset the flashy thing. Oh, God. Where did you get a titty to suck on? (laughs) Oh, my God. He's inside of a placenta. Oh, there's so much placenta. It's just a bubble of placenta. Just like a beach ball of placenta with art floating in the middle of it. Oh, it's 1981. I'm 114 years old. Wait, how how are you older? That's the way it works. This is a, how old were you when you were born as this Benjamin Button thing was happening? 189 years old. <laughs> Are you a turtle? Oh my God, he's a tortoise. Uh, <laughs> you guys bring me some medicine. Okay. Uh, All right, Agent I. Let's um let's, let's regroup. Ho- yeah, otherwise Let, we're gonna we, have to hook him up to a CPAP machine or something. Could so. we offline about this? Oh, uh, CPAP machine. What do you mean Ooh. offline? Like text about it? Yeah, we could text about it. Okay. <laughs> Good meme. What do you mean? Oh, God, that was such an old man joke right there. I know. Oh, God, he needs an iron lung so fast. All right, let's just, oh, here we go. He'll have some iron lungs. He's oh, my so God. Old. He has smallpox. Agent I, I have your flashy thingy. Oh, and you have mine. That's what That's happened. why. Okay, All right, let's, let's just, switch. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, here we go. Oh, sorry. I jingled the keys. <laughs> What okay. was that? What the hell was that? Don't look over at the jingling keys yet. Placenta, baby art, and one eighty one year old Benjamin Button, baby Andy. <laughs> Who's here? <laughs> um, okay, so what we okay when you set this, Tom, you want it to be twenty twenty one. My son, are you here? But mentally, they have to be in twenty eighteen. Uh huh. 
but also they have to like remember COVID and everything. Okay. Oh, you know what? I have these set to demo too. That's why. Oh. This is like when you're in the store, you know. You're on like Best Buy. Like the TV KB mode? Toys version of what we're supposed to be. <laughs> Wait, doing. actually, what do you mean KB Toys version? What remember KB about? Toys? I do. Uh, only a little. Oh, I know you do. Are you KB? I remember when they were founded. I remember Noodle I knew K- I knew Mr. KB Toys. I used to go down to that store every day and I'd say, Mr. Toys, give me a job. And he said, please get off the property. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to be this close to children. And I said, it's fair. And I would leave. And every day I would come back and I would say, Mr. Toys, give me a job. That makes sense that a toy store would be a hotbed for leering creeps like you. Yeah, I just wanted to work in the janitorial services and hang around in the bathrooms mostly. It's probably not hard to get a job in janitorial services. It's not, but I wasn't. I had a restraining order. It was known in the town from any janitorial <laughs> any child, any oh, child, no. all children. Oh, oh okay. This I guess I bad. thought you had a restraining order from the other janitors. No, well, them too. We're learning. I was not allowed to join. I was lore. not allowed to join the janitorial workers union. <laughs> I, was say, I think a lot different of. I crossed every name. picket line I could. Honestly, Asian, I I think we should reset all of this lore. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's just bring this. You remember your lives, but you're bringing it back to the beginning. And we're just doing a whole reboot, repilot, sequel that's a reboot. Halloween 2018, Star Wars number seven. Yeah, this is the full factory reset on the iPhone, okay? Yeah, like Will and Grace, but the new version of it, season one. Uh-huh. You know, when it came back in like 2015 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Huh? Uh, well, okay, I guess you're both too young to know Will and... Young or old to know Will and Grace now. Yeah. Uh, huh? But, okay, <laughs> okay, it's like this thing okay, where they, so they reboot and- a movie, but also it's kind of a sequel to a movie... Where they like make a sequel, but it's kind of like the same thing as it was before. Mm-hmm. So it's like everyone feels the nostalgia, but also they're tricked into thinking it's new. Mm-hmm. Well, it sells a lot of tickets. I can tell you that much. All right. Okay. All right. Look at our flashy things. Uh, okay. Here okay. we go. Uh-huh. All Baby right. Placenta Art. Baby Benjamin Button Andy. Here we go. And three, two, one, 2018. <laughs> Art and Andy, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at her. Look at me. What? Okay. Look at her. Listen to me. You have been kidnapped by the titular illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist, Mr. Bunker. He wants you to poorly research Men in Black and podcast about it. And until then, you will not be let out of this bunker. Oh, okay. Ian, I guess. uh... Natalie, why are my friends helping me be abducted oh we're just doing it for our old pal let's say yeah let's just say there's a lot of coin involved Mm -hmm. i mean they did wink so we're gonna have to take them at their word andy um i guess i don't really know what i guess to say other than i guess oh all we have to do is this podcast and then i can go home to my wife and child yeah. There you go. Wow. Yeah. I think, we I think you got spot. it. I think yeah. we got it. Okay. I guess that sounds good. So um, I guess without further ado, this is Men, oh. in, Men in Black? Yes. yes. Wait, very important anecdote. Andy, do you remember that your band camp director in high school didn't let you go to Europe because you were he was afraid you'd be too much of an embarrassment 
to the nation. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget that. Oh, okay, good. Okay, good. We're in the sweet spot. Though. And and Art, do you remember when a chicken chased you around as a baby? Yeah, well, of course I was in diapers. Okay, good. Ian, we're there. I was we're also there. in diapers when the band director told me, <laughs> just kidding, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we're going to have some fun here. I mean, I don't really know how to podcast or what to do, but uh, I don't know. I guess we'll just talk about Men in Black or something. You'll yeah, pick it know. up. Oh, okay. Guess you can just host it. All right. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even and you, anyone Andy. is doing it, frankly. Yeah. Well, I guess without further ado, this is uh, Men in Black here on uh, whatever this is. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Jesus Christ, that's a long title. That's a fucking stupid title for a show. That's Wait so till long. you see the logo. Bunk Funkers, let's say you're out driving one dark, moonless night. You turn down an empty road through a wooded area. Suddenly, you start to feel uneasy, like something is following you. You notice some bright lights above your car. Then time seems to slow down. Whatever has been following you overhead now pulls in front of your car and lands on the ground. You stomp on the brakes mystified by what you're seeing. After studying your vehicle for a time, the craft suddenly lifts off and shoots into the night sky. You drive home, unsure what to make of this experience you just had. And after you get home, there's a knock at the door. You open it to find three men in black suits with black ties, black hats, and black sunglasses. They ask you about what happened and tell you that you should keep it to yourself or else. Then they disappear. Bunk Funkers, it's entirely possible that you've just had a run-in with an extraterrestrial craft, number one. I mean, that's probably the bigger takeaway here. If this happens to you, please let us know because I will definitely want to try to Occam's razor away your experience. <laughs> that's true, you will. But also important, you may have just been visited by the mysterious men in black. They are allegedly people or entities, mm -hmm. as we'll talk about, trying to keep information about extraterrestrial visitation under wraps. One thing we can't keep under wraps, though, is the whole enchilada on this topic, uh, which is why we've asked respectively our good friend and our arch nemesis, Natalie and Ian O'Hamilton, to be here today to help us out. Hi. Hello. Thank you, Natalie and Ian, for being here today to help us out. Thank you, Art and Andy, for having us. You could tell you needed the help. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the men in black are typically described as, well, dressing in black. Black suits, to be exact. They've also been described as having pale skin and cold, expressionless faces. Some men in black are bald and may also lack eyebrows and eyelashes. Some witnesses have described the men in black as having a sinister presence, maybe even inhuman. Pale, bald, and sinister? Sounds kind of like Dr. Evil. Or mini-me. <laughs> Whatever they are, the men in black only ever visit people who've had experiences with UAPs or ETs, or people who research these phenomena. Shagadelic, baby, yeah! Hey, don't steal our bits! <laughs> Men in black generally purport themselves to be part of some kind of secretive organization. 
They threaten people into keeping quiet about their experiences with otherworldly entities, like sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads. The story of of the men in black really begins in 1992 when Walter F. Parker parks and Laurie McDonald optioned the rights to the men in black, a comic book written by Lowell Cunningham and illustrated by Sandy Carruthers. Parks and McDonald hired Ed Solomon to write the script. Then they waited for their chosen director, Barry Sonnenfeld to finish working on get shorty. So he could work on what would become 1997's men in black. Um, actually, uh, Ian, this episode is not about the movie. It's about men in black who visit people who've been mm-hmm. visited by extraterrestrials. <laughs> well, I'm sure these men in black are not real, considering the men in black movie franchise is fiction, which itself was based on a fictional comic book. We probably should just cover the film since that's the only real thing here. The conspiracy is why weren't these movies more popular? <laughs> Who's trying to suppress these films, right, guys? Uh, guys? Ian? Right? Ian, by total box office. Guys! Okay. Um, well, by total box office gross numbers, Men in Black is actually a top 50 film franchise all time. I don't really think it's being suppressed in any way. Yeah, well, it should be higher. And I'm not convinced of anything. What's the proof? Oh, what, did you read this online somewhere? Come on. Online. It's all fake. Anyone can just make a website. You know that. Uh, I, 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 I didn't, mean, we didn't make a website to produce that fact and then use that website as research. How do I know that, huh? You just have to look at the research. Show it's in the me sh- the research. It's in the show notes. Oh, it is? Oh, I'll check yeah. that out. My favorite character is Edgar. But only after his body gets taken over by the bug alien. They did that poor visitor from space dirty. Um, okay. Uh, interesting perspective on that, I guess, Ian. Uh, chock full of surprises today. Uh, anyway... Uh, let's talk about the origins of the E.T. strongmen known as the men in black. Um, it may all, it may have all started around 2 PM on June 21st, 1947. On that date, Harold Dahl was out on his boat with his son, Charles and their dog name unknown. Weird name for a dog. (laughs) Um, but I guess that's kind of cool. Come here. Unknown. Come here. Name unknown. (laughs) Ah, look at how cute Name Unknown is. He's guys he's rolling around in the mud. <laughs> Unknown's little red rocket. <laughs> I'd fucking damn it, Ian. How many times have we told you to stop talking about jerking off dogs? It's hey. our one rule. <laughs> well, you've cut it any other time I've said it, so I just assume you'll cut that too. <laughs> anyway, they were patrolling the Puget Sound uh, not far from Maury Island off the coast of Washington State here in the USA. Suddenly... Harold saw six donut-shaped objects in the sky, roughly half a mile above his boat. Without warning, one of the objects began spewing forth what seemed like thousands of newspapers from somewhere on the inside of its center. These newspapers, which turned out to be a white type of very lightweight metal, fluttered to earth. Harold then said that something looking like lava rocks fell onto the boat. Charles was hit, and so was the family dog. 
Sadly, name unknown did not survive. Harold snapped a few pics of the object and later shared the photos with his work supervisor, Fred Chrisman. Chrisman either wasn't convinced by the photos or possibly the photos came out poorly, so Harold took Fred to the crash site to see the debris in person. Basically, Fred was the first case of pics or it didn't happen, but when presented with said pics, Fred was like, yo, it didn't happen. And Harold was all, yes, it did. And Fred was like, nah, it didn't. This went on bafflingly for hours. It was a real, this was quite an argument. Yeah, you can tell. So, you know, Harold had that happen to him. Then the next day, got a visit from a man in a black suit. Harold and the man in the suit ended up having lunch at a diner. They really hit it off. And Harold asked if the man wanted to come back to his place. The man was taken aback, but flattered. So he agreed. They ended up spending the weekend together floating into the Puget Sound at night, their naked bodies sparkling in the moonlight. Um, Andy, mm-hmm. What's is up? that really the story? Oh, oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I got my notes mixed up with a new screenplay I'm writing, Men in Back. Uh-huh. Oh. But what's the actual story, Andy? Oh, oh, right. Well, so the man in the black suit and Harold Dahl went to lunch at a diner. The man in the black suit was able to recount what happened to Harold in the Puget Sound with an incredible amount of detail. The man in the black suit told Harold, what, quote, what I have said is proof to you that I know a great deal more about this experience of yours than you will want to believe, end quote. The man also told Harold to keep his mouth shut about what happened or he'd regret it. That doesn't seem so bad to me. This guy took Harold Dahl out to lunch, big whoop. This topic is such a fat old nothing burger with a big old wet slice of tomato on it. You know how in most places a sliced tomato is like soggy? That's why I say no tomato. Okay? It's absurd. Okay. Okay. I'd rather get myself some coffee or maybe some sugar in water. (laughs) Or how about this impression? Edgar, your skin's hanging off your bones. Um, excuse him. He uh, does that from time to time. Okay. Oh, big Barry Sonnenfeld. He goes fan. on this goes on this big rant about tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually really does. Oh, it's worth it. Yeah. If you're strong enough. <sighs> Tommy Lee Jones says that. Oh. <sighs> oh, too reference. obscure of a reference for you. Right. When Jay's thinking about not joining. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then he he's on the bench and right. the sun's going down. Right. And then he sits there till sun up. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> on June 24th, 1947, only three days after Harold's dog was killed by falling debris, rest in peace, Washington state experienced another encounter with unidentified flying objects. Kenneth Arnold, a private pilot, reported seeing nine shiny aircraft flying near Mount Rainier at what Arnold estimated was at least 1,200 miles per hour. Now, Arnold's story garnered plenty of attention from the press uh, nationwide, leading to the suspected first ever publications of the terms flying saucer and flying disc to describe the objects. Arnold was eventually contacted by Raymond Palmer, the then editor of Amazing Stories magazine, and Palmer told Arnold about Harold Dahl's story and paid Arnold $200 to investigate the claims. Big money back then. Arnold, uh, maybe, I don't know. 
Don't, it's don't, big money it. right now, wouldn't you say? Sure. But I mean, back then it was probably even more. I want yeah. $200. Can we get $200? We all want $200 to talk about aliens. Yeah, could you give me $200? Uh, sure, we'll talk about it later. We'll okay. talk about it later. Okay. Yeah. But we're talking about aliens now. Your checks are in the mail for your appearance fees. Ooh, right. checks. Yeah, it's very official. Yeah. I prefer direct deposit. Well, we don't have ACH yet. Well, I'll we're fill out the it. form, okay? Is it $10.99? Well, a check in the mail. Don't worry. Well, so. I don't know what time it is, but it's. <laughs> I think it's, you know, could be $10.99. You said 200 Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take $1,099. <laughs> yeah, sure. that sounds really good. No, no, $10.99. Oh. Anywho, Arnold interviewed Harold Dahl on July 29th, 1947. Arnold also interviewed Fred Christman, who told Arnold that he was now in possession of some of this alien debris. Arnold contacted the United States Captain E.J. Smith to help in the investigation. You see, E.J. Smith reported seeing a flying disc on July 4th. 1947. So, I guess you could say these guys were the experts. Chrisman showed Arnold and Smith the debris. They were less than impressed, believing them to be not consistent with Harold Dahl's description. After this, Arnold got in touch with Lieutenant Frank Brown, part of the Air Force's military intelligence group, and asked him to help investigate. Brown was based in California, but flew to Washington to help, accompanied by Captain William Davidson. In Washington, Brown and Davidson did some investigating, like interviews and collecting debris. They were set to fly back to California on August 1st, but both of them died when the B-25 they were flying crashed. This got the whole situation a lot of attention from no less than the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI. The FBI showed up to investigate and determined Harold Dahl and Fred Chrisman made the whole thing up. (gasps) The FBI found that Dahl and Chrisman had been telling multiple versions of the story to different media outlets, hoping that they could sell the story to Fantasy Magazine. What's interesting is that Fred Chrisman previously had some of his writing published in a magazine. Letters written by Chrisman appeared in the June 1946 and May 1947 issues of Amazing Stories. The letters were in support of the stories of Richard Sharp Shaver, which detailed a race of people living inside the earth. Check out our episode on the hollow earth for more information. Plus the Sims hole enchilada on that topic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Wow. Cutting. It's very dismissive. Ian. Yeah. Anyway, Chrisman's first letter to amazing stories said that he encountered mysterious and evil creatures in a cave in Burma. Now Myanmar, 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 Myanmar while serving in the army during world war II. <laughs> He said he and the army captain he was with had to fight their way out of the cave with submachine guns. Wow. In the second letter, really? Chrisman said he had traveled to a cave in Alaska with a companion named Dick. Dick. Wow. Okay. Also, this guy going to Myanmar, going to Alaska. He gets around. He does. He gets around with Dick a lot. Yeah. That's true. He's riding that Dick. Yeah. Well, I assume they took a plane. Well, they have companion miles. You know? Yeah. They encountered more subterranean creatures in this cave in Alaska. According to Chrisman, Dick died on the trip. Wow. Then how did he get back? Because he rode Dick. Yeah. <laughs> he rode Dick down the side of the mountain. Famed skeptic. Famed skeptic Joe Nickel offered his own take on this situation. 
Nickel wrote that Ray Palmer had already filed, filled the back cover of Amazing Stories with flying discs in the August 1946 issue. Seeing all the press coverage given to the Kenneth Arnold sighting, Palmer decided to recruit Arnold to increase exposure of the phenomenon, which eventually resulted in all kinds of unidentified aerial phenomena being believed to be legitimate extraterrestrial crafts. Wouldn't it be wild if it turned out that Joe Nickel was a Bigfoot wearing a human skin suit and blaming all these cryptid sightings on black bears that keep people off his tracks? Wouldn't that be nuts? <laughs> Woo! Uh, Crazy. Yeah, I guess that would be weird, Ian. It's a uh, fucking weird thing to say, but uh, anyway, uh, hey, E, uh, fucking lower your blood sugar a little bit, please, for the love of God. Uh, according to the Majestic 12 documents, you're going to like this, Ian, which are documents related to the Majestic 12, the group that President Truman allegedly formed to deal with the Roswell crash incident. You know what? We still need to do a full topic on that because it's awesome, but... You can check out our episode on the gray aliens for more information on that topic. We do mention it. Anyway, the Majestic 12 documents say that the debris recovered from the doll encounter were actually part of a nuclear reactor uh, and were turned over to the CIA. Now, uh, Craig Glenday included uh, a telling of the incident in his book, The UFO Investigator's Handbook, which claimed that Washington's Mount Rainier is a UFO laboratory. Gigi, get out of my UFO laboratory. <laughs> Regardless. I am Mandark. Regardless of whether the doll Christmas incident was a hoax, the UFO craze had started in the USA. In 1952, former Army Air Force pilot and supernatural enthusiast Albert K. Bender founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau, one of the first civilian UFO organizations. Despite interest in the organization, Bender abruptly disbanded the International Flying Saucer Bureau in 1953. Probably because there was no evidence of extraterrestrials visiting Earth and living among humans. Probably. Well. Most likely. Actually. <gasps> Bender eventually revealed that in March of 1953, he was visited by three men in black. This was like some sort of UFO version of the Muppets Christmas Carol with Bender as Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> anyway. I'm Albert K. Bender. <laughs> Bender said the men came to his house and used telepathy to communicate with him. They shared information regarding the origin of UFOs and they gave him a metal disc. Bender said he felt like he was being transported during their visit. He also felt sick, got headaches, and didn't eat for three days after the encounter. Bender's co-workers said he seemed scared. What's the big deal with that? I give metal discs out to all my friends. Yeah, it's just, it's not a, I don't know, it's not usual. I just have a garage full of metal discs. I don't know about you. Well, I mean, okay. I mean, if I, was into, of them. if I was into metal disc salvage, then I'd probably be like, hey, this is great, but... Well, if you know anyone, have them come pick them up. All right, I will. Okay, 50 cents a disc. Okay. Do you hear that? 50 cents a disc. I, I want to see the margins on that. Well, anyway. Bender's experience, as well as Doll and Crispin's story, 
were retold in Flatwoods Monster investigator Gray Barker's 1956 book, They Knew Too Much About Flying Saucers, which spread the word about the men in black. Barker was involved in the International Flying Saucer Bureau and regularly contributed pieces to the group's Space Review magazine. In 1962, Barker contributed to Bender's own book about his experience, Flying Saucers and the Three Men. The book put forward the idea that men in black were actually extraterrestrials. In the book, Bender described his visit from the men in black a little more fantastically than was described in Barker's book, saying, quote, They floated about a foot off the floor. They looked like clergymen, but wore hats similar to Hamburg style. The faces were not clearly discernible, for the hats partly hid and shaded them. The eyes of all three figures suddenly lit up like flashlight bulbs. They seemed to burn into my very soul as the pains above my eyes became almost unbearable. That's quote. preposterous. Surely if the men in black were real, which they're clearly not, they would just be regular old humans trying to suppress the existence of extraterrestrials. It's not like ETs would come to Earth take on a human form and use their extensive telepathic powers to convince a human female to marry them. So the ET could experience the one emotion that they weren't able to experience on their home planet. Love. That would be crazy. Oh my God. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, very much a very specific scenario. Is that a fucking reference to something that, that we should be men picking in black up movie? On? Just a totally made up and unreasonable scenario. You know, it's definitely not a reference to my life in any way. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Well, I guess we'll just move on then. Uh, Good. That's what I wanted. Okay, I guess we'll yeah, uh, just fucking Merry Christmas under- you. You're going to get what you want. Just put it under the carpet, okay? And just don't think about it. Well, mm-hmm. I don't just, like to put things under my carpet. Just pull up that floorboard. I would put things under my rug because pulling up my carpet would be very <laughs> no. costly. And No, no, no. No, I want okay. You to cut up your carpet. Yeah, cut up the carpet and then have <laughs> right. to redo the carpet. Find just, matching carpet. Just to sweep some dust under there. Well, I- guess what, Ian? My carpet doesn't match my drapes. So we're moving on. <laughs> These early encounters... Just get right. a staple gun. Our dice is pubic hair. Oh. Huh. I'm a fire crotch. <laughs> wow. a brunette. Are there many Italian uh, fire crotches out there? Well, I mean, it's I, I would have to have green hair, then I could look like the Italian flag. Maybe the Vikings that like pillaged northern Italy. Maybe there's some brunette some in the streets, there. fire crotch in the sheets. Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Natalie. Well, you know. These early encounters put the men in black into the public consciousness. But Dahl and Bender are far from the only people who've been visited by these sharp-dressed men. Sharp-dressed men. Buy yourself some cheap sunglasses. Well, they wear them, you know? Oh, my God. Are the men in black ZZ Top? They might be. Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's talk about some prominent examples of people having might, run-ins with these men up. in black and see if they are ZZ Top. In 1964, Jim Templeton, a firefighter from Carlisle in Cumbria County in the UK, took his young daughter Elizabeth and his wife Annie to Berg Marsh overlooking the Solway Firth. Elizabeth was wearing a new dress, so Jim decided to snap a couple of photos of her in the idyllic setting. Aside from his family and a couple of old folks in a car, Jim didn't see any other people at the marsh that day. 
After getting the film developed, however, the film processor told Jim it was a shame that the shot of his daughter got ruined by someone in the background. When Jim looked at the picture, there was a figure dressed in a white suit, apparently wearing some sort of a helmet with a dark visor. It looked like an astronaut. Kodak, the maker of the film, confirmed uh, there was you know, nothing unusual about the actual film itself. They also offered a reward to any person who could prove the photo was faked. Now, the award was never claimed, but a local paper in Cumbria picked up the story, and soon Jim found himself at the center of some media attention. Not long after, Jim got visited by two men in black. The men would not give Jim their names and only refer to themselves as number nine and number 11. Oh, boy. <gasps> Numbers, wow. not letters. Just numbers. And 9-11? I mean, I mean yeah. you don't forget those. If you don't forget those, because you never will. The men asked Jim to take them to the spot where the photo was taken, and Jim obliged. When questioning Jim at the marsh, it became clear to number 9 and number 11 that Jim hadn't actually seen the figure in the photo himself. The men in black got angry, stormed off, never to be seen again. Now, what's really interesting with this story is that just a few days after Jim snapped his photo of Elizabeth at the Berg Marsh, a planned test launch of a Blue Streak missile in Australia was aborted because technicians believe they saw two men on the firing range. While these two events would seem to have absolutely nothing to do with each other, when the picture of Elizabeth hit the Australian press, the technicians believe the figure in the photo was the same as the figures they'd seen on the test range. To make this even weirder, the Blue Streak missile was constructed at Royal Air Force Base Spade Adam in Cumbria, not far from where the photo of Elizabeth was taken. To be fair, folklorist and author David, Dr. David Clark investigated the so-called Solway Spaceman incident and even reviewed the film of the canceled missile test launch. To Dr. Clark, the film from the aborted launch appeared to show only a lens flare, and there was no photographic evidence of the alleged figures on the firing range. Cancel culture gone awry, canceling a missile test launch. <laughs> Dr. Clark believed that the figure in Jim Templeton's photo was actually Annie Templeton, who had inadvertently wandered into the frame with her back to the camera. According to Dr. Clark, the viewfinder of the camera Jim was using only showed 70% of the frame, so it's possible Jim didn't notice Annie in the background. Dr. Clark also believes the photo was overexposed, causing Annie's blue dress to appear white. To be even equally fair, Jim Templeton maintained that Annie was standing behind him while the photo was taken. I really gotta agree with Dr. David Clark here. Sounds like a smart guy. Why would my species need to wear a spacesuit like that anyway? Huh? What do you mean my species? Uh, humans, of course. You wouldn't need a spacesuit like that on Earth. No siree. Not that kind of spacesuit. Anyway, I'm going to take a break to refuel on long protein strings. Mmm, -mm, delicious protein strings. Uh, mm. What the fuck is going on today? Ian, you're being more of a creep than usual. I gotta, I gotta admit. Yeah, well, no amount of protein is gonna keep me from delivering the whole enchilada, okay? So in 1968, Jack Robinson and his wife Mary reported being observed over the course of multiple days by a man in black 
standing across the street from their apartment building in the U.S. state of New Jersey, which is also a hotbed for bunk bunkers. Jack was a UFO researcher, and one day the couple noticed a man dressed in black who appeared to be watching their apartment. The man watched them from across the street for three days consecutively. One day, after returning from being out, the couple noticed their apartment appeared to have been rummaged through, though nothing appeared to have been stolen. This case is especially interesting because it produced one of the few, and likely the first, photo of a man in black. A friend of the Robinsons, Timothy Green Beckley, snapped a photo of the man standing across the street. Now, the next story is one we've mentioned on this show before, actually, though uh, in an entirely different context. The story of Dr. Herbert Hopkins um, came up in our episode on the Golden Eagle, a demon-possessed car that is also inhabited by extraterrestrials and has an insatiable lust for blood. Uh, We brought up Dr. Hopkins in that episode because there was a... Hi, boys. I'm back. Chuck Chuck Yeager. That's right. It's jet fucking booze sucking Chuck fucking Yeager. I appeared on that episode because I banged that demon car. And now that I'm dead, I can go faster and farther than ever. I saw the edge of the universe. And let me tell you, my boner wasn't the only thing rapidly expanding. Uh, cool. Anyway, I'm going to go to Zeta Reticuli and hang out with my new best friend, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's the only creature that really understands me. Yeager away! Bye, Chuck Yeager! Oh, I wish I could have had Chuck Yeager escort me to Zeta Reticuli. I could have shown Natalie my real home. (sighs) It would be pretty cool to scope out Zeta Reticuli with Chuck fucking Yeager. I gotta say. Oh, uh, sorry. I didn't realize I said that directly into the microphone and not inside my head or... Quietly to myself, I guess just like Andy, I accidentally said a line of dialogue from my pornographic film I'm writing called uh, Fuck Jaeger in Space. <laughs> nice, dude. Well, that was a fun visit from Chuck Jaeger, but I'm afraid Chuck did uh, very little to, uh, to help describe what happened to Dr. Herbert Hopkins. It's okay, he's the fucking fastest man alive, so... Dr. Herbert Hopkins is? No. <laughs> Ian, you goofball. Chuck fucking Jaeger goes fast of course you see hopkins had a uh hypnosis session with a patient who was trying to recall the details of a supposed ufo abduction dr hopkins later got a call from a ufo researcher from new jersey who said they'd heard about the case and wanted to help when the researcher arrived at dr hopkins house only moments after hanging up the phone by the way uh, dr hopkins was greeted by a pasty seemingly hairless man who appeared to be wearing ruby red lipstick, dressed in a black suit, white shirt, black tie, and black hat. Hmm, this sounds like a good-looking dude. Nothing says, hey, sailor, like ruby red lipstick. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Probably because it reminds me so much of Ian. Oh, Oh, you. If I had the necessary circulatory system to produce the effects of blushing on my face, I assure you I would be doing it now. Aw. <laughs> Jeez. Get a room. <laughs> yeah, let me watch. What? Oh, what? Oh, oh my God. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, we are friends. Anyway. <laughs> think about it. There are holes in all the walls. <laughs> Weird. Well, behind there. this painting. We have a wall weasel problem. <laughs> By that the way. out. You'll never get. Anyway. Cut that. <laughs> Cut that. 
<laughs> I was going to say, you'll never guess what I nicknamed my penis. <laughs> the wall weasel. Oh, my God. I don't know. I've never seen porgies. Anyway, oh. they stick their dick through the wall oh. when they're showering. Hopkins described the man as very monotone and proceeded to have a very bizarre conversation with him. The man asked Hopkins to take out a coin, which Hopkins did, a penny. The man then said, watch the coin. This is starting like a magic trick. This sounds fucking awesome. Mm. According to Hopkins, quote, it, being the coin, started to develop a silver color instead of the copper color that pennies are known for. And then the silver became bluish, and then the penny was getting quite fuzzy, out of focus, blurred, and then it was simply gone. Slowly dematerialize. I'm gonna call fucking Chris Angel because that's fucking dope. That's a mind freak right there. <laughs> that's a mind freak right there, baby. Now, the weird man then asked Dr. Hopkins if he knew the story of famed ET abductee Barney Hill. Uh, Dr. Hopkins told the man he did, and the man said, quote, Barney didn't have a heart, just like you no longer have a coin. The man then told Hopkins to destroy his research. After the man left Dr. Hopkins' house, Dr. Hopkins tried to contact the research organization to which the man claimed to belong. No such organization ever existed. Regardless, Hopkins was pretty freaked out, so he burned his papers associated with the case. Despite this, Hopkins had problems with his phone line at home. The phone company determined his line had been tampered with. Now... So far, we've really only covered the stories of nobodies. These people aren't famous. They're not trendsetters. They're just a bunch of slack-jawed yokels being harassed by men in black. But sometimes, even celebrities get the attention of these mysterious strongmen. Consider, if you will, the case of Dan Aykroyd, the SNL alum, liquor entrepreneur, and movie star famous for so many roles, it's hard to pick. Wow, I bet those other unfamous losers didn't even spoon with a ghost. <laughs> you better believe they didn't, friggin' ding-dongs. Um, let's see. Dan Aykroyd is famous for so many roles. I'm just going to say that he's famous for being the voice of Yogi Bear in the 2010 movie, Yogi Bear. And believe it or not, Bunkfunkers, some men in black tried to steal Dan Aykroyd's picnic basket. That's right, boo-boo. Voiced by Justin Timberlake. In 2002... Dan Aykroyd was shooting episodes of a TV series he sold to the sci-fi channel called Out There. The show was all about paranormal topics, including ETs and UFOs. Uh, one January day, while shooting the first uh, season's finale, Aykroyd took a break to have a smoke outside the studio. While outside, he got a phone call from Britney Spears. Ooh. It's Britney, bitch. <laughs> Britney hosted SNL in 2002 and asked Dan to join her, likely to promote the film Crossroads, in which Dan played Britney's father. At any rate, while he was on the phone, Dan noticed a black sedan pulled up directly across the street from him. Some guys got out of the car in the middle of 42nd Street in Manhattan, and a very large man, dressed in black, gave Dan Aykroyd a dirty look. <gasps> the, nerve. Uh, the nerve. The nerve. Dan looked away. Dan looked away again momentarily while talking to Brittany. And when he turned his head around again, the car and the men were gone. 
Dan said there was no way the car could have gotten away in that amount of time without him noticing something. At any rate, Dan finished his phone call and his smoke and went back into the studio to finish up work. Two hours later, he got word that the network had canceled out there and that none of the episodes would air. Really tragic stuff. I know. Uh, Oof. He said he might put him out on DVD, but he hasn't, as far as I'm aware. How could he survive that despair? I don't know. Probably from Crystal Head Vodka. Mmm, <laughs> Crystal Head. This podcast is sponsored by Crystal Head Vodka. It's smooth, uh, smooth tasting. It's completely unprocessed. Uh, have you ever heard him go into the spiel? Yeah. It's They've got Hermic or Diamonds. You ever have a Hermic or Diamonds? That's what they used to filter it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, filtered by Hermic or Diamonds. He just like really goes through the spiel like really, really quickly. Well, we got a ri- wide range of Dan Aykroyd impressions. I have no idea what he sounds like. <laughs> but hey. Well, probably. That's my Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> but hey. Now let's talk about another Men in Black encounter that resulted in not just photographic evidence, but video footage of the Men in Black. Is that your <laughs> Elwood impression? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like Elwood That's Blues. great. I think that's good. <laughs> Back in 2008, Shane Sovar was working as a hotel manager at the Sheraton Falls View Hotel at Niagara Falls in Ontario, Canada. One night, Shane and a security guard at the hotel both saw a large triangular object in the sky near the hotel. The sighting was investigated by a group called the Aerial Phenomenon Investigations Team, APIT. A couple weeks after Shane's sighting, according to the team, three witnesses made claims that two men in black came to the hotel looking for Shane and the security guard and were generally freaking out the the other employees at the hotel. Luckily, neither Shane nor the security guard were working at the hotel at the time. The witnesses described the men as dressed in black suits with black hats. The men looked almost identical, both having pale skin, no eyebrows or eyelashes, and oddly large, unblinking eyes. It was also reported that the men appeared to be wearing wigs. One of the witnesses said it felt like the men could read their thoughts. When back at the hotel, Shane reviewed the footage from the security cameras and found that the men were captured on the video. The footage is in the show notes if you want to check it out. It shows pretty much what the witnesses described, two seemingly large men dressed almost identically walking into the hotel together. I don't know. These guys don't seem suspicious at all to me. This is just another example of people thinking it's so weird to have hair that only exists because it's connected to a hat. It's still human hair. What does it matter if it's attached to the skull or not? Huh? Jeez, Ian, you're really passionate about this. You seem to really hate the whole topic of the men in black. Yeah, Art, I do. It's such bullshit. Why does everybody assume that extraterrestrials assuming human forms and questioning people about encounters with UFOs is so threatening? Especially when we offer them suckers. That's what they leave out of the story. We also offer them like one of those doctor's office suckers with the loop on the mm. bottom oh yeah oh the yeah. no like chokies sucker yeah. right yeah actually like made a paper yeah as a kid i'd yeah. even chew on that oh would you swallow it though? A lot. would you swallow yeah. it yeah Makes sense but have you ever considered that these ets just want to get some information about their loved ones are humans really so unempathetic yes 
we are. Anyway, what if it turned out that the men in black actually were a part of a government organization, but their whole deal was spreading disinformation about ET contact? Well, that's just what's being suggested in the book and film Mirage Men, written by Mark Pilkington. Mirage Men posits that most UFO-related information was created by the government in an attempt to cover up covert military technology and to obscure legitimate inquiries into the existence of extraterrestrials. Now, one of the documents included in the Edward Snowden leak was a PowerPoint titled The Art of Deception. And no, bunk funkers, this was not about me and my famous hesitation to reveal any details about myself or my side project with Dana Carvey, which was a spinoff of Master of Disguise, The Art of Deception. Did you do the turtle character? Yeah, I was just going to ask. <laughs> there he goes. Anyway, what's your Dana Carvey impression like? No, but the actual Dana Carvey. Right. Not, yeah. not any of his characters. His wow, regular yeah, voice. man. It's like, it's like crazy. That's kind of like Dana a... Carvey. Yeah, he's kind of a hippie. Kind of you know, like Owen Wilson know. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, man. That wasn't Owen Wilson <laughs> at the right. end. Though. I was trying to do Austin Powers thing, but people didn't really like it. <laughs> now, you're from now that's fully yeah. Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> um... <laughs> This art of deception thing in the PowerPoint, it was about deceiving the public through misinformation. That's what it's about. Mirage Men takes a long look at the testimony and history of a guy named Richard Dottie, who was a former investigator with the U.S. Air Force's Office of Special Investigations, or OSI. The OSI uh, is sort of like the FBI, but of the Air Force, uh, doing, you know, criminal investigation, security, counterintelligence, yada, yada, yada. OSI agents are also often accused of being the real men in black. In addition to being part of the OSI, Dottie claimed to be part of the Majestic 12 group. I'd just like to point out it's actually Dodie. Yeah, what I have a I friend say? with that last name. Dottie. All right. Dodie. One T. I would like to formally apologize, Richard Dottie and the entire Dottie <laughs> clan. Dodie. Dodie. Who? Doty, Richard. Well, you guys Doty. are really doting on me and the way I pronounce stuff. No, actually, we're not doting on. <laughs> we're doing the opposite. We're, we're busting we're your balls. Abuse you. Leave my balls alone. No. <laughs> but Put they're them so back. dangly. Put them back. They barely fit in your pants because of the dangle, not the not the. Also, your pants are broken. <laughs> That's true. Doty said that he and his colleagues at the OSI put out false information about extraterrestrial contact using the techniques laid out in the art of deception. They did this to cover up secretive military tests of covert weapons technology. According to Doty, the government much preferred that people believed extraterrestrials were among us rather than getting any information about top-secret military tech. In one incident recounted by Doty, he tells about how the OSI successfully fed disinformation to Paul Benowitz, a World War II veteran and electronics businessman who was living in New Mexico near Kirtland Air Force Base. Benowitz started to see strange lights in the sky and pick up weird transmissions on his radio equipment. Benowitz believed he was observing extraterrestrial activity, so he reported his findings to the Air Force. The Air Force knew right away that Benevitz was actually observing their own covert activity and intercepting their own radio signals. According to Doty, 
Rather than explaining to Benowitz what was going on and asking him to not do that any longer, the OSI instead started feeding Benowitz information to further his belief. The OSI told Benowitz they were interested in his work and encouraged him to keep at it. Benowitz eventually came under scrutiny from the NSA because of his research, and his house was repeatedly broken into by government agents. Doty said the OSI planted debris for Benowitz to find in the mountains and even replaced Benowitz's computer with a government computer equipped with software he could use to quote-unquote decode the ET signals he was receiving on his radio. By the way, ufologist Bill Moore had also claimed to have worked with the OSI in deceiving Paul, Paul Benowitz and also allegedly breaking into Benowitz's house. Doty claimed he was the agent who recruited Bill Moore to help. Eventually, Benowitz became convinced that there was an imminent extraterrestrial invasion of Earth and became obsessed with his research and saving the Earth. He wrote warning letters to many elected officials, including President Reagan, asking them to take action. Paul's family checked him into a mental health facility in 1988. See? Everybody, this is what I've been saying all along. At the end of the day, the men in black turned out to be regular old government agents just spreading good old-fashioned disinformation. Well, not so fast, Ian. Not everybody is convinced of by uh, Richard Doty's story. <laughs> Richard Doty's story, either. Well, stories. Just click that thing again. <laughs> Even Mark... I don't know what you're talking about. Even Mark Pilkington doesn't necessarily think that Doty is telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. It seems like there's plenty of reasons to think this topic is open for debate, Ian. So what gives? It's almost like you have some like vested interest in shutting down belief in extraterrestrial contact and that the possibility that the, the, these men in black are actually ETs themselves. So, Ian, I'm putting you in the hot seat. What's the fucking deal, dude? Well, uh, um, um... You look like you have something to say, Ian. Do you? All right. I confess. I'm not really Ian O. Hamilton. I'm... An imposter. <gasps> oh, what? what? I'm actually an extraterrestrial. Whoa. I came to Earth from the Zeta Reticuli system almost a decade ago. I needed a fresh start. I never really felt like I fit in back in Zeta Reticuli system. You see, my species is formed of a group of individual sentient orbs that communicate through neural strings to form one complete consciousness. Not like the Borg, though. Don't say it's like the Borg. It's not. We manifest physical forms, but actually lack true bodies. Most of my species have 13 orbs, but my 13th orb got eaten by a reptilian who was my nanny as a child. Do you know what it's like to be a 12-orb Zeta Reticulin in a 13-orbed world? No. In a 13-orbed system? Well, it's not easy. Nonconformity is a crime in my home society. Those who do not have 13 orbs are deemed aberrant and doomed to spend their existence in a psychic prison in another dimension. Good Lord. Though I would be a fugitive from the Zeta Reticuli Police Department, I knew I had to flee. So I came to Earth in the hopes that I could commandeer an Earth body and live in my life in peace. When I arrived, I identified the most 
attractive human specimen I could. Ian was a vacant vessel, absent of any (laughs) qualities that would make anyone miss him or think about him in any way. I was nearly discovered trying to take over Brian Dunning's body, so I just found this asshole from the street, which turned out to be Ian O. Hamilton. You have beautiful eyes, though. I mean, come on, you've got some qualities. (laughs) Well, you know, I've really done some work on the body since I've come here. I suddenly found myself with an array of experience. I had friends. I had enemies. I had talent. I had a bad back. I had so many things I could never have had on my home world. Eventually, I found that I had attracted a mate. Natalie has taught me so much. I learned how to cook human food. Kind of. Like Eggo waffles. Well, yeah. I learned that my unconventional views on the subject baby kidnapping are considered deeply wrong on Earth. But I won't cave to their standards. (laughs) I'm still me, damn it. I have my own personal views on baby kidnapping. (laughs) And they are mine. (laughs) I have also learned how to have human sexual intercourse. I'm improving, I believe, but still not very good. Oh, it's true. Whatever the point is, I found a great life. But if the Zeta Reticuli PD ever found out where I was, or ZRPD, let's just say it wouldn't end well for me. Do you understand now why us extraterrestrials want to keep our existence a secret? Wow. 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 Ian, this is a big lore reveal here. (laughs) Unfortunately, you did just admit to being a fugitive live on the air. Oh, fuck. Our bunk fuckers in Zeta Reticuli might turn you in, so you should be more careful in the future, you fucking idiot. How many listens do you have? How many downloads per month? Uh, probably in the millions. <laughs> millions? Oh. You're probably going to need billions to get it out that far. Oh, God! That's Chuck Yeager's music! Oh, God. That man had a family. <laughs> oh, God. Is Nixon? Hey, Ian. I heard you were having trouble with the ZRPD. Well, don't worry about them anymore. Sonic the Hedgehog and I went down to the station and opened a can of Chili Dog Whoop-Ass on them. I told him if they ever mess with you, Chuck fucking Jaeger and all his demon minions will be coming for revenge. I think it's fair to say you're safe. Wow. Thanks, Chuck Yeager. Was Knuckles there, too? No, fuck that guy. What about Tails? He was there, but he didn't do anything. Oh. Okay, but what about Amy? Amy was there. And wink, wink. <laughs> Sonic and I may have seen her later, you know what I mean? Wink, wink. Jesus Christ. We had what about chaos? I yeah. didn't know they had Eiffel Towers. Yeah, I like that weird little uh, amorphous blob of a of a, of a entity. It's sexy. <laughs> What's the fucking... The evil one. Yeah, you talking about chaos or you talking about shadow? Shadow. Yeah, shadow was there. Okay. Well, now we know all those Sonic characters who were present. <laughs> what about Dr. Eggman? Yeah, Dr. Eggman was there too. But what's the other name? Dr. Of Dr. Robotnik. Dr. Robotnik. I call him Eggman. 
I say Robotnik, but I've forgotten. Well, Eggman was his original name. I know, but it's worse. Well, I'll call him Eggman. Okay. Do you think you could fly me and Natalie to take a honeymoon in Zeta Reticuli? No way. I know I can. Oh. I'd do anything for you lovebirds. As long as you let me watch. <laughs> we, we love, love you, Chuck Yeager. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everyone. It's New Year's. Well, it's the Orthodox Christmas. They do it in January. Oh. Chuck Yeager can do whatever the fuck he That's wants. That's right. Get out your bunjack trees. Ho, ho, ho. I'm Orthodox Santa. <laughs> Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend, and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There is, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today, and uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back, Bunkfuckers. That was our research of Men in Black. Galaxy Defenders. Have you heard the song that Men in Black is like a clear ripoff of? No. No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. What's it called? Oh my god. I didn't know. I never heard oh, this. Oh, it's like the the beat is the same. Mm-hmm. The music is straight up the same, and it's like. I mean, and I wouldn't. It's just different lyrics. Now, do we know that. that it's been ripped off, or did they buy? I believe that is canon. Okay. Okay. Well. Maybe they paid them. Because I watched a documentary on the Baja Men recently and they like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Who let the dogs out? No, it's like that song had been performed like multiple times by multiple different artists. Really? Yeah. And then it was bought by the, and the Baja Men had been around as a, like one of the most famous, you know, groups of the Bahamas, but they played like, you know, like, um, they played like traditional, you know, Bahamian like music. Mm -hmm. But then they, their record producer had produced tons of records with them and then they wanted like a big fucking hit. 
And he heard, anyway, I'm not going to get into it. So then they added three members who were young and hip and like could rap and like take their shirts off and be buff. Oh, yeah. And so then they also it's bought the rights part to of music. the dogs out. Mm. And then anyway, there's wow. check out Vice did a documentary about it. It's What's it called? Yippee-io? It's called Who Let the Dogs Out. Did you know that Ian and I had our first dance as a married couple to a Baja Men song? Wow, that's, that's true. true. What? <laughs> it's actually the Rat Race song from Rat Race. Well, it's nothing. Well, it's nothing. Well, it's nothing but a slap in the face. Well, it's nothing. That's true. It's nothing. That was our it's first. It's nothing but a fat rat race. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, now, yeah. why did you guys pick that? Just for fun? Or no, oh, we didn't no. pick it. Okay, we, we, love, we love the movie Rat Race, except for the last 10 minutes. Yeah, the last ten minutes you, you can turn skip. it off. Yeah, um, but they we had a wedding playlist because we didn't have a traditional wedding; we had a COVID wedding, right? And there were only like twenty four people. There. Yeah, including us. Our reception was outdoors, and so we had a playlist for that. And then we went back to our apartment after it with, with a like handful a bunch of, the, of people. Yeah, wedding guests. And then we. The Rat Race song came on and we were dancing to it. And then we realized that was our first uh, dance as a, uh, as a married couple. Which, frankly, it's great. How, how could it be any better? Yeah. Right? Now, Andy and I's invitation was oddly lost in the mail for that. Um, seems like maybe you guys have some other problems yeah, involving the mail. Yeah, with the mail? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sending things to Andy and I via the mail. Uh, hey, Andy, did you by any chance get an envelope in the mail this Christmas? Yeah, I did. I got one from the O'Hamiltons that was an envelope that was fully addressed (laughs) and postage paid, uh, but unsealed and completely empty. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So this was an envelope inside of an envelope. No, there was, it was just an envelope. It was properly addressed. Oh, it was completely empty. There was a stamp affixed. The envelope had not been sealed, and there was nothing inside. There wasn't even spit in it or anything. No, no. And not even, No, not even, you know. So here's what happened. And then you also received you also received an envelope that was addressed and stamped and filled. And had a, had a Christmas card and in it. And had a Christmas card in it. Yeah. So you wait, you got two. Yeah, I got the same day I picked out of the mailbox an empty envelope addressed. They still let you near mailboxes? Yeah, uh, well, mine. Mine is segregated <laughs> from the rest of the mailbox. The boxes in my building. Um, they can't have the smell have that of all that problem. Right, right. Coming in. I'm only allowed to take things out. Uh, there's some sort of a force field on it that if I try to stick force my hand, field. if I try to stick something else in with my hand, uh-huh. I get shocked. Oh, okay, I got you. Um, but on the same day, I got this this unfilled envelope that was properly addressed and stamped, and I got an almost identical looking envelope Um same envelope style, uh-huh. addressed to me, also stamped, but sealed with a Christmas card inside. Okay. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I was in Chicago for a month, uh-huh. and I was really, really sick for like the first half of the month, mm-hmm. but I brought with me a bunch of Christmas cards. I think you should even say what you were sick with. It was a sinus <sighs> infection. And yeah, let's, let's infection. go through your medical history. And, and pink, pink eye. eye. All at the same time. Thank no, you, HIPAA. Crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. really gross. <laughs> um, but I was really, really sick, and I was like planning on sending out a bunch of these Christmas cards, but I had to like wait until I was feeling better to send them out. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to like send germs through the mail. I don't know. 
So well, like how Andy doesn't want to send anthrax to the mail, he just keeps doing it on accident. Right. <laughs> Whoops! There well, it goes. Yeah. He's just yeah. covered in it. It's an accident. It's just like, oh, I have all this anthrax. What am I going to do with it? And then I accidentally keep putting it in people's mailboxes. Ah, dang! It's it. a mistake anybody could make. I thought it was the trash. <laughs> the mailboxes look like the trash. You pay postage on your trash. <laughs> yeah, I usually. You know, no, nobody uses stamps anymore. You got to get rid of them. But I don't like to stamps.com. I just don't want to throw the whole thing in the trash. So I like to stick it on a little pieces of paper, fill it with anthrax, and then write people's addresses on it and th- put it in the trash. So makes sense. You waited till you got better. So I waited till I got better, and I had like forty Christmas cards to write. So oh. I sat down with my mm-hmm. dad one night. He was watching the Bears game. I was watching it with him, and I was writing out these Christmas cards, feeling really good. And mm-hmm. I had like eight Christmas cards left. But how I write out. Any mail ever is like I fully write out the envelope, put a stamp on it so I know who I'm writing the card to. Mm -hmm. Then I write the card out and Mm. then I stuff the envelopes and then I send them out. Okay, we're really getting into the nitty gritty here. (laughs) Yes, this this is a good process. This is my thing. (laughs) I I love sending cards in the mail. So there you go. Natalie is a sweet princess and her whole family is fantastic. And her her views on baby kidnapping are not controversial. No, they're very. Very much in line with most people's Pretty opinions. standard, you know? Um, so I had like eight Christmas cards left and um, I decided to quit and like leave those aside, put the mm-hmm. 32 other Christmas cards that wow. I had already written and like sealed and everything in our family outbox, which is like, here's mm-hmm. the mail to be mailed. Okay. And I mm. went to watch the premiere of the TV show that I'm working on with <gasps> my mom. Wow. Wow. <clears throat> yes. Um, shameless plug, Pillow Talk, Before the 90 Days. Oh, wow. <laughs> shameless plug, Pillow Talk. This is, now, this is one of those shows that this is before the, the they have the 90 days to get married. Yes. But these are like cameras that watch them have sex, right? Um, There's like this some- big brother. There's some sexual activity for sure. Mm. No spoiler, but you know, some people- Get it on. Mm. Big Ed? Mm, no, he's... Does ooh. Big Ed have an OnlyFans? Because everyone think else about seems it. to. But anyway, so I left my eight cards left um, and kept those on the table and then forgot about them until the next day when I went upstairs to go finish writing uh-huh. your Christmas card, Andy, and mm-hmm. saw that they were all gone. And I was like, oh no, my dad took all of the cards like he saw that I was writing them and was like oh these must be done too even though like the cards weren't in the envelopes the envelopes weren't sealed the envelopes weren't sealed so he just like took them all walked to the post office and plopped them in like at the post office and so I called my dad and I was like oh no like what did you do? And he was like, oh, I mailed everything. And I what was like, what have you done? Oh, no. And so he's like, oh, run over to the post office and see. So I went to the post office and I was like, hey, this is kind of crazy. And look, like, can you check the bin? And she was like, oh, my God. OK. And then I was like, look, they're like from the Hamiltons and they're stamped. But there's like nothing in them. There's like eight of them. They look like this. And she went in the back and she came back and she was like, no, they've already been processed. Wow. She just came back shaking her head. What's what's really crazy, though, oh, is I had I'm enough sorry. cards to yeah, like rewrite. I'm so sorry to tell you they're gone. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> I, had I tried to shoot out the tires of the mail truck, she comes back but like I covered missed. in blood. <laughs> I couldn't save them. <laughs> what's uh, crazy? I they had, were hit right in the jugular. There's like all these alarms going off in the back. 
<laughs> I had enough cards to rewrite the eight cards that I had accidentally that had accidentally been mailed, but I could only remember seven people. <gasps> oh, so, one person didn't get a card. Yeah, one wow. person didn't get a replacement card. So they didn't even get last an year, if you didn't get a card <laughs> from the Hamiltons, you... or if you if you oh, only so got, they an, got envelope. an envelope, but no replacement. Yeah, card. Right, yeah. Were, so yeah. one person will get a blank envelope. And that's it. <laughs> I got a card, no problems. So I was high on the list, yeah. baby. That would be um, really passive aggressive to do that on pers- on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, just and not even like text them or anything. Like, yeah. they'll just yeah. be left wondering. Yeah, forever. Well, I what still did had, I do to Natalie? I still had that leftover card, so I just like mail the card to my mom's friend because she really likes me and Ian. Aww. Yeah. Well, what's not to like? Well, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, you know, what's not to like about the Men in Black franchise? The Men in Black song, the franchise, the, the second movie. That's what's not to like. The original Ooh, song yes. is Patrice Russian's "Forget Me Nots." So, what is your guys' experience with the Men in Black? Um, oh, I, I worship. Actually, okay, so I worship those movies. The first one, especially first one, is it's really I worship the first one. Uh, but. Down. I saw that in a theater when I was like, what, seven or whenever it came out. 97, we would have been about. I would have been six. six. Five to six. 51. So <laughs> I remember tired. the cockroach at the end. Oh, the cockroach. Scared. Vincent D'Onofrio. 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 <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, he wore leg braces. He did. He literally to, like, like. Get the movement right. Like two pieces of wood. Yeah, like, he like obnoxiously method acted this popcorn Silly film. Well, and he didn't tell anyone effect. he yeah. was going to do it either. Yeah. So they did like the first take and then they cut and Barry Sonnenfeld was like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what if we make it a little more natural? And he was like, uh, I already completely, you know, made my braced up my legs like this. And he go, and Barry Sonnenfeld goes, well, this is either going to be the greatest performance of all time or a horrible train wreck. So <laughs> let's do take two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Ian, I heard another story about Barry Sonnenfeld. Okay. Um, so like a couple of years before this movie, he saw an interview on TV, Tommy Lee Jones. And Tommy Lee Jones is famously, I guess, an asshole. Um, oh, yeah. And so... Sonnenfeld's watching this interview with his wife and he goes, man, I'm glad I don't ever have to work with that jerk. <laughs> wow. So then, oh, not long after, then he gets signed on to do Men in Black and he has to work with Tommy Lee Jones. And apparently confirmed one, one night during a shoot, like 3 a.m., Tommy Lee Jones took a copy of the script up to Barry Sonnenfeld and he crashed, crossed out like an entire paragraph and he shoved the script in his face and he said, if I were you, I wouldn't say any of this stuff. <laughs> Oh my god. Man, I can't believe being like I can't imagine doing like Jesus Christ. Being such an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Why But then also being get... like such a accomplished, well liked actor. Mm-hmm. He gives great performances. He, he does. does. He's great in that movie. Apparently the direction given to him a lot was just like faster flatter. Yeah. Say it say it faster and don't do any tongue in cheek. Just faster and matter of fact. Ian, can I ask you a question? No. Are you? I I'm doing stop. it anyway. I'm doing it anyway. I'm doing Ooh. it anyway. Yeesh. A little look inside the bedroom here. <laughs> I am cracking the whip. Specifically the, the bedroom closet. Yeah. Oh, is that where you sleep? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a big drawer. <laughs> You're like Jake and she's With a like pillow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
Um, yeah, I can stretch if you know what I mean. Are Ooh. you are you such a huge fan of Men in Black? You think because your dad looks like Tommy Lee Jones? I you know what's funny? I've I was told that a couple of years ago, and then everyone around like confirmed, mm-hmm. and I had never thought about that at all. Yeah, but he the really person does. who pointed it out was like, doesn't he look like the guy that plays Two Face? Yeah. And they were like, Tommy Lee Jones? Yeah. And everyone was like, yeah, he does. So um, apparently my dad looks like Tommy Lee Jones. Which he that. does kind of. He does kind of. Yeah, he's got kind of a resemblance. Yeah. yeah. I think what's body he- type Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> okay. Forehead up, nose, Tommy Lee Jones. And your mom looks like Will Smith. So this totally checks out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If anybody wanted to see what it was like, to, if the Men in Black was actually a rom-com. <laughs> um. Now, Andy, what's funny. your take with the Men in Black? Because you're wait, you, you didn't let me to... finish. I was oh. scared. Well, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I was scared to shit when the <laughs> guy Christ. when the cockroach ripped off his skin. Yeah, it was and, terrifying, and I was like inconsolably. Afraid. Okay, well, I wasn't like that. I well, was like, I don't cool. remember leaving the theater, but it was like me and my cousin who are also my age. We were wow. both so freaked out by it. Yeah, it's it's a great performance. It was good CGI for the time when Will I Smith steps on the CGI. little when the Will Smith steps on the little cockroaches. It grossed me the fuck out. Won't start nothing. Won't, won't be, be nothing. nothing. Oh, wow. I step out my face before something bad happens to you. Wow. I love when he's writing out his like in the crazy circle chairs with like the resume or the questionnaire thing at the beginning. That's so funny. And I used to work right next to the men in black building Oh, in New York. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The battery tunnel, whatever building. Oh. So many good gags throughout the movie. Classic gag. I mean the, the car with the jet engine and it spins around the tunnel. Will Smith gets the tiny gun that actually shoots like fucking crazy. Yeah. You got the fucking, yeah, what they doing? The little alien guys. Yeah. Better than any minion that's ever been created. You got the fucking pug. You've got Michael Jackson as an alien. You've got, uh, you know, other people who were aliens. Michael Jackson as an alien is number two. So, what? That's the second Men, Men in Black, Black 2. Oh, that's Men in Black 2? Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. And I was going to say, I don't remember that, and I didn't see any other Men in Black movies. Amazingly, you saw Men in Black, though. Yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. that's what I want to ask, though. What's your take with it? Because you were a little bit older than we were. Not that you can't enjoy this movie. I mean, I've watched it hundreds of times since. I mean, I've watched, okay. yeah, I've seen it, but um, it's been a while yeah, since I've seen I, it. I, th- I thought I enjoyed it, like, even okay. as a, what, I would have been 12. That was a pretty good age for you. Yeah, it's a good age. Yeah, I would have been 78 years old. Um, I was just getting divorced for the fifth time. Uh, no, I he was, did a pick me up. I uh I thought I thought it was a good movie. And you know what? I've seen it at least once or twice since then. And I've never never thought that it didn't hold up. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it like very recently, but you know, watching some of the clips and stuff. I do think the CGI still. Yeah, doesn't Men in Black One CGI. have that little tiny man who's inside the man's head? Who's yeah, absolutely. Isn't yeah. that David Cross? Alien no, Mike. no, that's someone else. No, David Cross is the alien guy, and then they flash him, and he goes like, okay, "You're gonna take your girlfriend David out." David Cross is not an alien. No, alien guy. He's like into aliens, and then they flash him, and he's like, "You're gonna take your girlfriend out for a nice seafood dinner and start and get out of your mom's basement or something." This, like that. uh, no, they no, don't. That's not a, David Cross is the one. He works the counter at the coroner's. I was just going to say, I thought it was like a morgue. And right? he is he. Uh, when Vincent D'Onofrio comes up to him, 
there's a roach that he's like killing roaches. And Vincent uh, D'Onofrio's like, don't do that. <laughs> and then he he goos him up on the ceiling. Uh, and then, is, is the first one or the second one that has the Balchinians? Second one. Okay. Okay, you've seen... Okay. Art's, Art's never seen the first one. He's only seen the second movie. I've seen them all. And I've seen the cartoon series. Yes. On the WB. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Before we, before we pivot to okay, the before cartoon we pivot series. He wants to grill me some more. No, no. I want to just tell a quick story about Men in Black 2. Okay. Okay. It's a terrible, terrible movie. It's not that good. But also, I've only Laura seen Boyle. it once, which was when it came out in theaters. And I don't know if it's a terrible, terrible movie because it's really bad or because my parents almost got divorced <laughs> the day I saw it. Jesus Christ. Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith almost got that divorced. That's a big reveal. I wish. It was that my, pa- I remember the day very clearly. My mom and my younger brother were going into the city for something. And my mom was like, oh, we'll all go to Taste of Chicago afterwards won't that be fun and me being a kid and i think i probably have had crowd anxiety my whole life but as a kid didn't really get that oh, okay but also like it's hot more big reveals me and my older brother were like no we do not want to go to taste of chicago fuck that wow like, we didn't say fuck that because we were kids yeah, but it was like it was just like no i don't want to go i don't want to go and my mom was like very upset at how much we didn't want to go because she thought it'd be a fun thing to do as a family. Uh, yeah, it fucking sounds and like And my it. mom and my dad must have been going through a lot uh, before this, but somehow this spiraled into, frankly, one of the biggest arguments I ever saw them have. Wow. And it was like... Dude, she wanted her fucking rainbow cone. Probably. She stormed out with Kevin. They were gone for the day. It was clear that everything was like not okay and my dad was like, I'll take you to co see Men in Black 2. Wow. And me, him, and Terry all saw it. And then it was like a pretty traumatizing day. <laughs> oh, my God. Overall. Ian. Well, wow. Bunk Bunkers, uh, let us know. And then uh, the movie sucked. So Yeah, let us know. Uh, how was your experience with Men in Black 2? Did your, your parents almost get divorced before? <laughs> what and doesn't have as much trauma as Ian is now revealing in his lore to us now. What movie or food festival almost broke your marriage? <laughs> yeah. Or what did, movie or or did or break festival? up your marriage? <laughs> That's right. They did not get divorced wow. and they did patch things up but it was uh it was a rough day in the hamilton household wow that's crazy and they'll never listen to this so it doesn't matter oh (laughs) thanks a lot my parents are gonna listen to this oh yeah um well Well, they're gonna know more about my parents yeah i mean the you know men in black 2 is definitely not as good as men in black 1 in any way i think that's the one where tommy lee jones forgets that he is k Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, he because he gets flashy thinged at the end. He of the wants first to get flashy one. so he could go have a normal life. So then he's working a post office gig at the beginning, and then it turns out the post office. And he mailed my fucking envelope. He's oh. full of fucking freak ass aliens. Yeah, oh, like Balchinians and the Balchinians, which and are that's when the aliens that have balls. Sh- on shout the out yeah, Justin right. Link, JustinLink.com. Shout out Justin Link, our fan of Nana That's like the oh, alien yeah. language. Yeah, and Justin does that all the time. Justin likes that. Oh yeah, um, seems like something Joseph. Come on, like. Justin. Can when we... you're in your house right now with your earphones, give me a good boot, nana boot, nana boot, nana. <laughs> I've never heard Justin do this. Have you ever heard? It's Bismarcky. Yeah. He's doing it. I saw the movie once, and I remember all. We are. We get this. Have you ever heard Justin do the Baba Duke impression? He goes 
Baba. Duke. 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 Justin does not do this with us, Justin. <laughs> well, we I'm, have a different relationship, I guess. I guess. so. We want right. to see some of this silly stuff you're doing, Justin. <laughs> That's right. Instead of always being so serious. Don't no. just be so tense and anxious all the time. Yeah. Just because we're aggressive and shouting at you all the time. Yelling. <laughs> oh, what? Just because they're waterboarding you, you have to be afraid? Hey, can we talk just, about how, um, how, like harsh the beginning of that men in black movie is though the first one yeah we when... get that farmer beating his wife oh yeah and then there's a spaceship crashing and then he immediately gets murdered by the alien oh i don't remember that part there's like all the migrant workers at the very beginning right or not i mean they're clearly illegal right you know they're being smuggled by the guy that plays uncle rico yeah oh my god, oh, god. <laughs> that's funny from napoleon dynamite yeah, yeah he's the guy driving the truck oh. in the beginning it's a very, very dark beginning to that movie. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's America. I mean, it's like a real ass movie. Like, it's yeah. like, and then, you know, Will Smith comes in like 10 minutes in or whatever. Like, yeah, you know, it's it sets up the movie pretty well. I like that Will Smith gets to become a men in black because he shoots a little kid. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, why the fuck is like a little girl carrying around quantum physics books? It's like the logic of that. It's yeah, so she's the funny. one that's out of place among right. all the alien cutouts. It sure, totally sure. But sense. like, you know, if you're actually like doing like a Seinfeld bit where it's like breaking down the fucking logic Started of out that. with what's the deal with? What's the deal with Will Smith shooting a little girl? <laughs> um, that she, could have been my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, she was attractive. I'd like to date her. Yeah, Jerry I would have dated did, that cardboard cutout of a child. Yes. Oh my god. Um. So let's pivot and talk about the cartoon series, which was fucking dope and mm-hmm. dope ass theme song. I never. I don't know if I ever watched it, but I do remember the McDonald's toys. Yeah. Wow. The, the toys were fucking dope. I think I watched Burger it. King it might have been Burger King. Some toys, but McDonald's too. Yeah. The the cartoon was dope. Andy, you ever watched fucking the cartoon? I watched uh, most of the first episode. What'd you think? Um. Yeah, it was fine. But it was the pilot, so it's hard to judge a whole series just based on the very first episode. Oh, I should know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, Men in Black, what do we think here about these these visitors? Well, let's, let's, make a, let's make some arguments here. I know we all have some questions. We have some things to say. But are these workers for some kind of OSI agency or are, are these, are, these are, uh, entities of some kind? Let me ask you a question. Oh, okay. Let's just ignore what I said and go well, right to what he is. No, I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm question. bouncing off your. Off okay, of your you're statement. bouncing your Balchinians well, okay, off me. Let me bounce my Balchinians <laughs> off you, and you can say if it's a bounce or if it's a pivot. Um, what is the pur- purpose if you're an alien species that has come across the universe mm-hmm. and uh-huh. has that kind of technology? And frankly, lords above us in that way. That must they must look at us like we're chimpanzees, right? Like, what is the point of hiding their identities? Why do they care? Why don't they just strut around like they own the place? Yeah. Some people are shy. I don't know. Because these aliens are wacky and funny and they just love that New York culture. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, kind of question that too, Ian. is like, what? why would the men in black be extraterrestrials? Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be a good reason for them to not reveal themselves. Like you know? I get, I get UFOs flying around and, you know, we just catch a little bit of them and they're probably so uninterested in us that they're just like, 
yeah, we're here. We're looking at stuff. We're flying around. Yeah. But they're not the ones like covering it up. Well, right. If we play into the gray alien conspiracy, you can see where like maybe these are aliens that are now working with the U.S. government or whatever world government to to fucking like, uh, you know, because the alien, the gray alien species wants to eventually colonize us and take us over. Right. Mm -hmm. So they are behooved to work with us and take on these human forms to secretly inseminate us. Right. And then also to spread misinformation about extraterrestrials, which is uh, we are. I am also watching a fuck ton of X-Files right now. And this is kind <gasps> of the main crux, the main uh, theme of the X-Files, the, the, like the through line. Dude, right. the syndicate. The syndicate. OK, because I was reading about this online. Yeah. Did you know that Alex Trebek played a men in black on the X-Files? I didn't. I haven't gotten to that wow. yet. But okay, I'm well, looking forward to it. Sorry, spoiler. But it's like that's like one of the funniest things that I read about. Oh, is uh, this like it's it's the whatever. It's somebody taking the form of Alex Trebek. And that's like the. Bit no, the he's just like an agent. No, it's just oh. an, as an actor. There's a ton of amazing Wait, cameos. Actor? Yes. Yes. Wow. Amazing cameos in X-Files. Yeah, after that and show got popular. Wendy Malick, Brian Cranston. Dude, apparently Seth like green when Alex Trebek was on the X-Files, like in that episode, they're like, you like really look like Alex Trebek. And he's like, <laughs> what? The game show host? Like he like, they like play it into it. It's... Peter Boyle is in one of probably the best X-Files episode of all time. I wow. think and he, I think he was nominated for an Emmy for it. What? Um, it's that good of an episode. Which one? It's um, he is a, like a psychic who can like only see people's like deaths. So he's helping like Mulder and Scully, I think like track down a serial killer. And it's like a very silly, but it's also an incredibly like touching episode because he's also like this very depressed man. Oh, it's such a good episode. Well, yeah, should, it's a could... standalone monster of the week episode. So it doesn't involve the canon. So you can watch it. I think it's on in season two or three. Hmm. It's uh, like the it's what's really the good. Stephen King? The Stephen story, King one is the... a good one. It's an evil doll. That's oh, in season five. Wait, no, I was talking about the dead zone. Like it's it's like the dead zone. Oh, right. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't think know. that's what I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not I don't know much Stephen about King's Stephen King. Well, but it's also a movie starring Christopher Walken and a show mm. starring Michael C. Hall. Okay. Michael Anthony Hall. Michael Anthony Hall. Who's Those are two different from Dexter? People. Right. Michael Anthony Michael Hall or Michael C. Hall. Anthony Michael Hall oh. or Chad Michael Murray. Oh, what a heartthrob! Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> so okay. I, so I could see a version where these men in black are actually aliens. Does okay. That make sense? Yeah, really yeah. yeah. So actually, you, oh, you, my you, Michael Murray. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So like what? They've tried to take over planets before, like through brute force. And we're like, too many of us died. Um, so let's just incorporate this plan. The where we Greys start are to... on a path through the solar system to try and find uh -huh. their lost DNA because they did so many cloning experiments that they lost. And oh. like a bunch of other shit happened with the Greys that they're they're trying to do human they basically have a deal with the government where the government's like, yeah, you can use our DNA to do human hybrids, human alien hybrids, but give us some technology. And so the greys are like, oh, goody, we're going to do this. But little do you realize that we're trying to create alien human hybrids that are our own species. And now we will then colonize. You. Oh, OK. So to to focus this a little better, sure. it's like the movie Multiplicity. 
where right. Michael Keaton clones himself and then the clones start cloning themselves and the clones of clones start cloning themselves where eventually they're probably like, which one's the source? <laughs> Michael Keaton, right? Man, maybe, when I was a kid, maybe. I would have loved to be married to Andy McDowell. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know I'm familiar with like the Love Simpsons Treehouse of Horror yeah. where they do that. Well, that's it, I think it's based on multiplicity. Yeah. Probably. Oh, well, probably. Well, so but that's what the gray aliens I'm saying. They're trying to find the source Michael Keaton. Right. Because uh, they've uh, forgotten. No. I don't know. Well, they copied themselves so many times. I can see why gray know. aliens would want Michael Keaton. He's a fantastic actor and he seems like a cool dude. Mr. Mom. He does seem like a cool dude. But uh, I think they just want to use human DNA in any life or any Wait, form. Wait, but you said they're trying to find the source DNA. Yeah. Their DNA. Yeah. They don't need the sort. They just need DNA that's close enough to their own that they can make a close enough replica of who they are because they are now oh. no longer able to procreate. Mm. Oh, okay. So, And that's a big part of X-Files as well because in X-Files, they're basically gestating, they're abducting all these women and impregnating them with aliens and then they fucking shit out the aliens. Oh, so that's why they the <laughs> yeah. pick people up, probe them, inseminate them, and right. put them back Right, is because to them, that's the only way they can procreate. Dude, right. Weekly right. World News, aliens are yes. in our sperm banks, right. remember? Yeah. Yeah. Zod. Yeah. Pilod's in there. Pilod's. Mm-hmm. Jerking off. Well, call me the monkeys because now I'm a believer. Wow, <laughs> what a reference. Do we think that, the, I mean, the OSI, I can definitely see, like, if you're big into the, I think there's like a couple of different camps with the whole UFO conspiracy, because I think this hinges on whether or not you believe in UFOs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is that uh, UFOs are real, the government doesn't want us to know about them, aliens are here, blah, blah, blah. Or is it that the government wants you to believe UFOs are real to distract you from the truth that this is actually like just military tech and fucking like secret shit that they're not supposed to be doing? Oh. So, and either it's the OSI are here to actually stop you from believing in aliens, or they're here to make you believe in aliens. Make you believe in aliens, which is also this is also part of X Files and why I fucking love that show so much. But this is part of X Files, which is where it's like, you know, they want you to believe in aliens. They're like jingling the keys. They're jingling the keys. Like, oh no, it's definitely not aliens. Don't don't believe that. And then you go like, I'm starting to think it's fucking aliens, so that you're blinded from what it really is which is air force technology yeah we're so not supposed to be having that's so spying on people here's the way that uh richard Doty said that he made like introductions with ufo type people like he tells this story and linda moulton howe who is you know like the expert on cattle mutilation and and all this stuff. linda moulton how, do how you doing that? um so like they both tell the same story. Thanks, Shut up, Art. They mutilate uh, a lot of the story That Dodie contacts her out of the blue and is yeah. like, "Wow, like super impressed by the work that you're doing." This is like decades ago. Like very impressed by the work that you're doing. Um, I have this information that if you meet with me, I will give this to you, and it's like she thought she was going to get like a list of names and addresses from him and stuff. And this would, would just be people that she could go like do further research with like interview for whatever documentary or whatever she was working on. And they end up meeting for like these three hours and he brings Dodie brings this like stack of documents. Some of it's real information, but a lot of it's fake. Mm. And he just gives her this like report. Uh, and it's all about like, the government covering up 
extraterrestrials and all this stuff. And like, so he kind of treats it as, you know, either I'll give you more information. Like the government really has this information and you're like such a good researcher. Like we'll give you more information if you can like help us with this. Um, we'll show you, like show you more information of the stuff that we know. Um, or just sets it up as like, here's this like bunch of information that some of it's real, but a lot of it's not. And it's all just designed to make that person like suck that person in enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these people get described a lot in the press as being credulous. Uh, that's the word they use. Um, you know, in uh, somebody in the Mirage Men documentary describes like Bill Moore as a useful idiot. Yeah. Um, so it's like ah. somebody, somebody who's willing to believe enough that they could get suckered in by this. Mm-hmm. And so then basically the OSI will then keep feeding them this like baloney information. And the whole goal is to like with um, uh, the guy in New Mexico, whose name is escaping me right now. Um, oh, Paul Ben Benowitz. Benowitz. Yeah. Thanks, Natalie. Yep. Paul Benowitz. Like he lived right across the street from the air force base. Mm-hmm. He was uh, like knowledgeable, like uh, about electronics equipment. So he's like, unbeknownst to the air force he's actually intercepting air force communications and he's observing covert air force operations so like rather you know they didn't just go to him and be like hey you're actually <laughs> could you stop doing that mm-hmm. instead they decided to like fuck with him and <laughs> dude punked they punked him yeah they and they fucking break into his house to like see what he's got if he's got any like classified stuff that he shouldn't have um, they like do this multiple times um, mm. by their own admission. And, you know, it's like that they chose instead with him, they wanted him to like believe it because they felt like that would, you know, even if he does catch something covert, like people won't necessarily believe him. They'll think it's extraterrestrial because he thinks it's extraterrestrials. So either they'll totally dismiss him or people will think it's extraterrestrials and nobody's going to go. This is top secret government tech. Also, like, I don't know if I, as a layman, laywoman, um, yes, queen, as a lay they, like, <laughs> if I overheard on accident, like, covert government operations, I wouldn't know even what to do, where to begin, who to <laughs> tell. I mean, I would probably be like, Ian, I have some hot government goss, but like, what would we do with that? Probably. And he would be like, Natalie, don't talk to me. I'm eating peaches out of a can. <laughs> I told you not to talk to me when I'm eating peaches out of my can, woman. But I have I'm a peaches out of my own can? Yeah. Yeah. I got my peach can ready and I'm eating the peaches out First of First of all, I don't like peaches, okay? He, what? He likes peach pie, okay? Actually, that's true. Yeah. Oh, my God, I Ian. Think we like peaches. We are getting so much revealed about you that I can't. I'm much like Natalie said, I'm don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what would you even do with our hot marriage gas? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? What the government. <laughs> Mirage Man kind of says, like, what the government is really afraid of is that Soviet agents had infiltrated these UFO groups uh-huh. and these UFO groups had gotten to the point where they were like hanging around Air Force bases and stuff, hoping that they would catch. That's really interesting. a glimpse of like extraterrestrial technology or something. So this is like sort of the rise, uh, the way Mark Pilkington says it is like the rise in this OSI activity seems to coincide also with the development of the stealth bomber. 
Wow. Which would have at the time been like one of the most classified projects like in the history of the United States. And so they were very concerned about that information about that technology leaking to the Soviet Union. Well, my question is now. Oh, no. She's oh, God. My question. Oh, God. We've got an agent. <laughs> is Natasha. Yeah. Hello there. <laughs> Why is this all happening in the United States? And are there like cases of men in black? Well, there, obviously, there's cases of men in black in like the UK, but also they were like, that's not. No, that's like your wife in a dress. It's overexposed. It's not an astronaut, whatever. But like, it feels a lot. That's not a British accent, by the way. That's oh, oh, it is. What? <laughs> I thought this was a North English accent. <laughs> wow. I thought that was a Cumbrian accent. Authentic to me. Yeah. But, um, you know, like, why would the Soviets even care? Do they have their own, very own men in black? Do they mm. go through cases like this? Do they try to tell their citizens? Like, are, are people in, like, Kenya and, like, Brazil dealing with this kind of stuff with, like, their own versions of... And like, and like they come, they come to them with their own version of black uh, indigenous garb. Yeah. And they're like, you know, don't do that. But they're not, they're not in suits, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like they're in the kimono. Whatever. <laughs> Men in kimonos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because it's not oh like they're going to be Japanese OSI. Does the Vatican City have UFO sightings? Across the globe. But yeah, of course. Black sightings across I don't know that. Globe. I don't know that. UK. I've never heard of an international sighting except for... I, besides Men in Black here International. Here come right. the international men in blur. Which That's was a 2019 true. movie. Which everyone said was garbage. Yeah, so I didn't hot garbage. Yeah, hot garbage. Well, hot honestly, garbage. Natalie, I think that's a really good hot point. Garf. I don't know. I'm just like wondering, why is this so like... I mean, is this typical like American big dickery? We're like, oh, well, we have the men in black. Also, not an American accent. Well, I think <laughs> really. <laughs> no, I've heard plenty of people. Well, again, back to the gray the conspiracy like is that. that they like the U.S. are the ones who like kind of brokered a deal with them and mm. like are the kind of you know. But the so ones. did well, the Nazis are. I think one thing. <laughs> I think one thing too. You have to that. Keep in mind. That was either draconians or reptilians. I think. Oh, okay. The U.S. The U.S. But these are specifically grays, the men in black. A version of the grays. Oh, okay. Let anti kinds They're of grays. Many different kinds of grays. <laughs> okay. Taupe. I think Beach. the important thing here historically is that Bone. the U.S. sort of has the monopoly on UFO lore. Like we were the first big like UFO mm-hmm. area. You know, it's like Roswell crash. These Modern events UFO. in Washington, like these are the things that like this is like sort of the epicenter of the culture mm-hmm. around Going to space, paperclip, yeah. Independence Day, the movie, you know, I'm just sorry. Yeah. Look, we had we talked about Alternative 3 with uh, another guest, another podcaster from the UK, uh, Jacob Carson. That's right. And one thing we talked about during that this episode is the US people in the US are a lot more likely to believe in things like extraterrestrial visitation than people in the UK. Jacob has family that are on both sides of the pond, and he know he said that like whenever he's in America, like even anecdotally he observes this, and even anecdotally he observed this that yeah, yeah like his American side and like the, the people he knows in America, they're like way more into talking about UFOs, and it's it's more okay, it's more socially acceptable to like be like yeah, fucking aliens, dude. But like when he's here in the UK or when he's over in the UK, he said that like it's not people aren't as into it. It's not like you know, they don't really have like a Roswell or like area. They, they have Rendlesham, but yeah, it's it's not the same. Like mm. Roswell is just so like, bam. We drove through Roswell, Roswell, dude. 
Remember when we drove through we drove Roswell, Roswell, Ian, and it Roswell smelled like fish? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm. That could have just been eating. weird because no. it's nowhere near. No. near. I didn't only Ian had been like eating fish. sardines all day. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, why does it fucking stink like fish in here, Natalie? <laughs> I'm eating sardines out of my can. <laughs> Natalie, I'm eating sardines out of my can over here, Natalie. But it was weird that I only smelled like fish for like a 13 mile radius. Yeah. No, but like, like think, a hundreds of mile drive. I think back to like the 90s and maybe it's just because I'm watching so much fucking X-Files. But like, all right, probably. we get it. Aliens were so <laughs> Okay, fucking, mister, I have free time. Jeez, rub it in a little aliens more. Aliens were so fucking hot, dude. Yeah. Like, did you have like totally chill. the alien stickers you'd get at I the did. Pizza Hut? I had alien things. stickers. I had an alien blow up doll mm-hmm. that I did not have sex with. <laughs> I had... You're an alien blow-up doll that you did I have sex alien, with. I, then I had an alien blow-up doll that I did have sex with. Like in South Park, the aliens. South Park. That was like a yeah. huge mm-hmm. thing. Aliens are so ingrained, especially gray aliens, that like iconic mm-hmm. little image are so ingrained in like, I feel like American culture. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's, like a, the here's an alien example symbol. I like to always bring up, and I probably brought up a lot of times on this show. Occam's Razor. Alien abductions. <laughs> are a lot of times attributed to sleep paralysis. Yeah. Mm. But that used to be almost exclusively an American thing because like sleep paralysis. Well, the experience of alien abduction. Oh, right. Sleep paralysis in Japan. People experience a haggard old woman at the end of the bed, holding their legs down or something like that. Like other places experience like demonic things. So I feel like it's always like kind of a woman with sleep paralysis though. Right. And Natalie like actually experiences and... it as Ian. Ian yeah. well, sitting I, I... at the foot of the bed, eating something out of a can. <laughs> All the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's baked beans. <laughs> All right. Natalie, Natalie, I was asleep. I'm eating baked beans out of my can. And the They're smell cold. of my farts is what holds her down. Oh, oh my God. Move. Yeah, so the air is so thick with farts. Oh, All right, God. would you rather have sleep paralysis with a haggard old woman, a demon, or an alien abduction? Ooh, yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Haggard old woman, Ooh. demon entity. I've had alien sleep abduction. paralysis once, and it was okay. Here's something a little. Pa- uh, a little- I think I'm gonna fuck that demon, <laughs> marry the alien, kill the old woman. Wow, fair enough. Fair enough. Just the way Justin up. described his uh, sleep paralysis, it freaked me out. Yeah, it's so freaky. Um, so I kind of think I would kill the demon. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. I would. I would fuck the old woman. Ugh. <sighs> You don't have to. Well, I know I'm paralyzed, but I would be like, I'm going to fuck you. Like I would tell <laughs> that's what I would say to her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and marry the alien. Jesus, yeah. Andy, you're, you're uh, Andy's foreplay there. <laughs> I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> I'm going to put my penis inside of you. Look, it will be pleasurable for us both. It's better to communicate. <laughs> Commence sex. In three. All right. I'm unbuckling two, my pants. One. The sleep paralysis, though, can't keep down the erection. <laughs> right. That's the one part that you have full right. use of. <laughs> I have completed. <laughs> oh. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Hey, baby. This was desirable for me. Was it for you? Powering down. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Ian, what was your question? Okay, something a little a little bit what I've told was paranormal, but it, it was a your weird sleep experience. paralysis. No, so I spent no. a weekend in New Orleans. <laughs> okay. okay? Oh and here's what's weird. I had two dreams about writing that when I was in New Orleans that made me where I got paid to write and I write scripts and stuff. Wow. Ian's and a writer, I was, actor, comedian. These was Natalie. Dreams made me so happy 
when I was like asleep, so happy that when I woke up, I was like, Covered this is something I need to pursue in life. Wow. Right. Wow. So Jesus. this is in New Orleans. I had these two dreams, two days in a row that were like this. And it was literally something that changed my life because I was like, I'm so happy in these dreams. I, I have to focus on this now. Wow. And I started to focus on a lot more. But the day I got back from New Orleans was the only time I've ever in my life experienced sleep paralysis. And it was just like everyone said, I was in the room I was in. I There was someone like a figure was coming in. The screaming was like ear shattering where it was like it like and I was trying to speak or scream, but I couldn't. And these were really scary dreams, really, really scary. And it's the only time I experienced that. And our friend from Mexico who's very into like witch stuff and the moon cycles or whatever. And like she did something on Natalie where she like cracked an egg on you. Yeah, or because when you had those dreams, I had dreams of shadow people. That's right. You had dreams of shadow people. And in that apartment, I had mm -hmm. dreams of shadow people too. Yeah. So basically she was very convinced that it was because I came from New Orleans and New Orleans is very haunted and very voodoo-y. You brought some, wow. some boo-boo with him. brought something back for me. And then when I went back to our apartment, is that when you had shadow dreams? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, I had right, I had shadow right. dreams that I was getting into my car in a snowy parking lot and I went into my car and um put like my bags in like the front seat and then like felt this like horrible presence and like turned around and in like the back seat were like these two big black misty shadowy figures that like wrapped around me and like covered my mouth and like held me up against oh, my um driver's seat of my car and I was like I remember waking up from that dream screaming and then immediately falling back to sleep into the dream and then waking up again and I was sobbing crying and I told our old roommate Mariana about it and she was like oh my god they're shadow people here and had to do like a cleansing ceremony on me with an egg. And then like, did she have shadow people dreams? She too? did. Yeah, she did. And she, I did as well. Yeah. We all had you brought because I had dreams that they were coming in our windows mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and they God. were in my car. Oh God. Oh my God. And yeah. so, and so yeah, Mariana um, cleansed so these me. Are just, okay. these, are, these are like Baba Duke shadows. Baba Duke, but not Duke, not the not Duke. the Baba Duke. It's Link. like a human, like the Baba Duke as a shadow. Like the Baba Duke scares me too much, so I haven't watched that movie. Good movie. It's really well, good. It's too scary. I don't want to. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> but I, I could. Jeez, these are scary movie. stories. Ma yeah, what yeah. the fuck, guys? Mariana did this like amazing. Did it work? Yeah, she did this like egg cleanse on me and like rubbed this egg all over like my boobs and like my face and like. All over was and was erotic. like saying yeah. these like Ian was like I watch this Spanish prayers I'm into this. and then well, like not in my keen she like cracked <laughs> the egg into like a clear glass of water and like it like released these like two big streaks from like the egg and she was like those are the shadow people like she like got my shadow people out of me and I've never ever ever had a shadow person dream since then wow. wow.
That's crazy. Yeah. Wow, Bungfunkers. Uh, there you go. First-hand account of some amazing witchcraft going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brooklyn, at the New Hamilton York. House. This is why the O'Hamiltons come on this. Jesus, fuck. <laughs> yeah, we always You two are. actually have good stories. Yeah, I know. Right? And are like, oh, yeah, you're a dream about shadow people? <laughs> I, had I had a dream, dream where I dressed up as Barney and then my pants fell down. <laughs> and then everybody... <laughs> Barney doesn't wear pants, so... Well, I was wearing pants. Oh, that's inappropriate. Barney. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I can't remember why that related to what we were talking <laughs> about. That's a good story, though. But, yeah, who gives a fuck? Yeah, shit. What, oh, what you were, we, we were talking about sleep paralysis. Sleep paralysis. Oh, how, yeah, yeah. That's why we're talking about abduction. We were talking about the cultural impact of UFOs on how people experience sleep paralysis. See, and we're back. Versus Look at that. the rest mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. And that was tying into the larger question of are there men in black experiences in other countries, yes. yeah, which I think is a really good point. Again, I yeah. mean, yeah, except for like the Cumbria County one that we talked about in the research. Like, I don't, I just, it's just like so American to like have these like alien encounters, mm-hmm. alien experiences. Well, and they look like G-men. You know, they right. look like mm-hmm. FBI yeah. spooks, is what Des- they used to call them. Despite the fact that none of this clothing is like. Modern. No, that's where I like, want to know. That's why like, it's all from the fifties and sixties. Yeah. Do they all go to like Brooks Brothers and get like <laughs> the the Mad yeah, Men get, deal? You can go yeah. to you can go to Brooks Brothers. You can get uh, ten of the exact same suit for fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. not for fifty dollars. Brooks Brothers, hundred dollars. Yeah. Right, hundred bucks. I mean, that's two hundred dollars in nineteen sixty four. This isn't fucking. Uh, even that sh- that suit place that Joseph A. Bank. Oh, Joseph A. Bank. That's what I'm thinking Men's of. Yeah, warehouse. this is Brooks Brothers, where it's like these are like yeah, yeah probably yeah. going to be marked up to be like seven to eight hundred dollars. Never mind. They go to Joseph oh. A. Bank and they get they yeah. go to. I was with you on yeah, that. Men's in Black pack. Warehouse. You're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> I like guarantee you it. Or that's else nobody will be able to see the way you look. I guarantee it. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Too though, actually, you're gonna look. blend in by sticking out. I was um as I was. Doing some own my own personal research on um famous Ew. bald characters. Uh I was I realized that I was on a website called like something alopecia. And I was mm-hmm. like, what if like the men in black like all have alopecia? I thought that too with the wigs. Yeah. Yeah, very wow. possible. You know, like they, might just they don't want them to look they want them to look as plain as possible. You know, or you know, I mean wigs wigs, toupees for men used to be a lot more common. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I mean, you don't, who, who, you know, like now everyone gets like they go to hair, hair plugs, plugs or get the like surgery or whatever. Yeah. And they but, get know, keeps before they, mm-hmm. they wore two Get some erectile dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Now, guys, I got to bring up. What if the whole thing is just a big joke? <laughs> well, it's not that funny. Yeah. I mean, what do you mean? We're comedians. Uh, you know, Gray Barker kind of indicated that the whole UFO thing it was just a big joke. Wait, those stories, the the publications that they were in, um, amazing, amazing, amazing stories. stories and stuff. I was like, is this supposed to be real or is this like a weekly world news situation? Well, Are these like the like the fair last, question? The last page is like, oh, get your X-ray specs here, you know, yeah. and like your fart gum or whatever. I mean, it's a fart sell. gum. It's a fair question about <laughs> uh, like boys' life. Amazing stories. <laughs> um, you know, Ray Palmer left Amazing Stories not long after. The uh, like Kenneth Arnold mm. story and Kenneth Arnold ended up writing the cover story for the inaugural issue of like, uh, what was it? Fate magazine that Ray Palmer worked for after that, like immediately after. So they had a relationship 
like that stretched across multiple years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's worth considering that this is all just kind of like a joke and that people who report this are also just kind of Kidding. trying to be in on the joke. Well, have you considered this? Ray Palmer sounds an awful lot like Ray Parker who did the Ghostbusters song. Wow, mm. Bustin' makes me feel good. Oh my um, God. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? It makes us all feel good. Better? Well, here comes the Men in Black. Here comes the Men in Black. Yikes. Bustin' makes me feel good. Yeah. <sighs> what? Isn't that how the song goes? Bustin' makes me feel good. Oh, I, I guess I don't know what you're talking about. Is that Men in Black? How does the song go? I just remember here coming the Men in Black. Ghostbusters, the song. Ghostbusters, oh. woo. No. Actually, the men. <laughs> That's Darkwing Duck. Or That's DuckTales. DuckTales. The Men in Black rap used to be one of my go-to karaoke's, actually. Really? Yeah. Good men dressed in black. Remember that. Wow. I can't do it. I, I like Wild Wild West, if you're going to guess me about my favorite Wiki Will Smith song. Wild oh Wild God. West. We just watched it with Justin Link. Dude, wow. was that? We had quite what? the- Justin? This version of Justin Link is so com. carefree and you know fun. What? He slept on our Snorlax. silly, Girl. and he sleeps on a Pokemon <laughs> bed. He's like a little boy. He was kind of like And the version of Justin Link that we know is so fucking somber and serious and like dark and, mis- and like World angry. weary. <laughs> yeah, and like fucking angry. <laughs> and carrying a knife, <laughs> he is world weary, isn't he? Yeah, it's like what the weary the weekly. Fuck? Yeah, yeah, he's feeling weary. Feel, he's feeling very weary. Yeah, that was his onion type publication. You know what I'm stepping in here? Well, Talk show. Wow, good, good reference, uh, gang. I don't know if Just there's anything else we want to bring up about the Men in Black. But oh, I have we... several things. Okay, okay, okay well, go. all right. The B52 crash. Jesus what do you think about Christ. that? It's pretty crazy. It is crazy. Uh, like, but it seems like it was just like um a weather related thing. Like, there was not like, but it lends to speculation. People go, oh well, of course there was extraterrestrials shot down this airplane. Well, or like or the, the government shot. Yeah. yeah. Also, why did they take the same plane? This is like the Polish government thing. Yeah. Like y'all need to uh, take dude, separate planes. Yes. Literally going to bring that up. Yes. The Polish government. <laughs> it's almost like you guys are married. Yeah. No. Like you the whole Polish married. government in like what was this, two thousand eight or something? Yeah. Right. They flying all took back the fame, from Russia. The fame, yes. And then the plane went down. Everyone. No one was like, "Oh, Russia murdered the Polish government." Everyone's like, "Oh, that's so sad that happened." Uh, well. Like, you should ask some Polish people about it. Yeah, as you ask Polish people about that, they have a lot of opinions. No, oh, yeah. exactly. I just well, they have mean, pretty much I one mean, opinion. The they have one Russia, opinion, Russia which is that it. Russia murdered the Polish government. Okay, yeah. look, good conspiracy may be a good topic. Yeah, actually, yeah. that would be a good topic. Be a good topic. Thank but you. you know, I'm kind you of Polish. You may have someone coming you after you. <laughs> you may have the Kremlin come after you. Though. We yeah. don't care. Fuck them. I like those kinds of donuts. Seriously though, how is that not like obvious? For a long government did it, or the Russian government did it, like. Yeah, what? I don't know, Ian. I'm not very well versed on tragedies from 2008. He's Italian. I'd have to do some. Uh, really? Do some... So your house just like kept its value, no problem. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you actually just say? I didn't really even listen. You start to you. talking about catastrophes from 2008. Oh, I was like, uh, I didn't have a house. <laughs> no, you didn't. All right. He was listening to Fallout <laughs> Boy. Your dad wasn't and... I was laid off in 2008. And the whole, the whole. Trajectory of your life changed. Fine art. In these lore dumps. I was just trying to do the ACT. I'm an open book. Yeah, we were just trying to fucking get a good score in the ACT, which I didn't. Oh, yeah, me fucking, neither. You care to share that score? Had to have been like a 24 or a 22. That's not a bad score. No, a horrible score. I was predicting really to get a 28 or higher. Okay. I was predicting to get a 27 and I got a 23. Yeah. 
I just, that test is fucking stupid. Standardized testing can suck my dick. I know. Oh, did you um, take the SAT or the ACT? I take the ACT only. Big fucking Me too. Me too. I got a 30. <gasps> I got a 29. Hmm. Oh, high-fiving. At least two of us are smart. 50% of this room can. It's all a big game. Just, yeah. <laughs> can play politics. Fine. Yeah. You can take a. You're supposed to do the science section backwards, <gasps> dude. So that you do the harder questions early, and you can skip them and then get Here, to the easy. Here's the ones thing: later. I couldn't even get the through the the science portion was always the <laughs> toughest for me, and I couldn't even get through the easy questions quickly. Yeah, I only got through, and this is true, half of the science questions, and then there was like a minute left, so I just. I know that all the tests are different, but I looked at the person to my right and I just copied what they Hell had. Hell yeah, bottom. we cheated on those tests, motherfuckers! Dude, I, I cheated on every test. And then yeah, we fucking went to college. So I mean, dicks. some of us didn't finish college. Some of us didn't finish college because we eat shit out of a can. <laughs> okay, Aww. we baked beans out of a can. <laughs> we baked beans out of a can and we talked to our wife. Yeah, you got a wife, though. That's nice. That is nice. Ian, you have a pretty fucking good life for a dude who cheated on tests and dropped out of college. <laughs> <laughs> Not just like a test. There's a lot, a lot of other paths. Let's talk about the multiverse for a second. A lot of other Ian's out there that uh, oh, yeah. do not have as good of a life as you have right now. I, I like to think that I made it happen. You know, I locked But down. think about this. There's a lot of Ian's that have a lot better than you. Oh, yeah. Uh, and your life is shit compared Ian's. to some of those Ian Ian's. Fleming. Yeah. Famously, Ian Hamilton, the uh, White Sox pitcher. Brigadier general oh. that led the. Uh, British and Australian ar- armies into the Ottoman Empire during World War Famously, I. Famously, we all know that one. And then during, right before World War II happened, he kind of thought the whole uh, Holocaust thing was a good idea. So let's uh, phase that Ian Hamilton out of the lore mm-hmm. entirely. Ian Hamilton, the poet. You didn't have to bring him up to begin with. Well, I know. That's why I'm a comedian. Oh. <laughs> well, there's plenty of famous Ians, but, you know, only one that can... Uh, be here today with us and um hopefully you know i think i think we got to get to some verdicts here. i have here, another question from the research oh my we've God. got can oh, you not got interrupt your wife you can do it too. but your darling wife has something to say okay you do it first have we all considered this ian alien yeah we've wow. considered it yes you got me uh, i don't Busted. mean to constantly bring up my other friend ian <laughs> But he, uh, someone say Ian the better, maybe Ian I'm the better Ian the in some ways and some not. But I do like to share these. What's clips his with views him. on baby kidnapping? That's what I want. I don't know. I he would probably be get that for it. He'd probably in. be with you. But uh, <laughs> I didn't say I'm, I'm for it. I've never said I'm for it. When he was a little kid, they used to call him Alien, and he hated that. It was like a little way to like make fun of him. Mm. People would call me Pian. <laughs> well, that's oh. a good one. That's a good that's one. That's a fucking good one. People used to call me Andy Fart. Yeah, that's pretty obvious. That I is, would get Artie so Farty or Aardvark. I still I got, call you Artie Farty. I got yeah. fatally. Oh, wow. Kids are, still fucking, do. Mixed, oh, kids yeah, are fucking cruel. That's that's harsh. All right, Ian, what is your last question before we get to verse? Okay. <laughs> Please. A guy getting out of a black sedan. Not that anyone's trying to move this episode along. <laughs> Not that it's approaching near where the max of where we want to be with episodes. But that's You know, we, me and Natalie always drag this shit I out. know. You know that. It's okay. But, okay. Someone, the floor is yours. Someone getting out of a black sedan uh-huh. on 42nd Street <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. and giving Dan Aykroyd a dirty look <laughs> could have just been someone that saw 1942. Oh, wow. Okay. Damn. Anyone that's seen that movie <laughs> would be like, you tried to tank Steven Spielberg's career. Wow. Or neighbors. 
Oh, another bad one. <laughs> Honestly, Him and though, Belushi really fucked that up. The thing that's crazy about that story is them getting away so fast on 42nd Street because that is a parking lot of a you street. You guys have lived in New York for a long time. We've mm-hmm. driven around Times Square for work. Driven I've, around Times yeah. Square for work. And yeah. it's hard to get around in 42nd <laughs> yeah. Street in New York and Manhattan. In 2002, also, there was probably a lot of security. Probably. Yeah. You had the, uh, some, something happened. Yeah, this was, uh, this was like Dan Aykroyd's point is like, that car either had to like pull a U-turn or somehow they had to like back up and go the other direction or like speed off toward Times Square. There is no speeding in Times right. Square. And he's like, I there's no way they could have in this amount of time that car could have He had done too that. much crystal head vodka. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean he didn't I don't say know what he was smoking. His show was canceled, but hey, that's showbiz, well, baby. I think Dan mm-hmm. Aykroyd's like uh Family, like his great aunts or something, were the women that got like ley lines really famous. Oh. I think it's something like that. Huh. I'm going to be honest. If there's any hard hitting investigative alien journalism, I'm not it's sure. Dan it's, I'm not sure it's coming from Dan Aykroyd's sci fi channel. Uh, spooning with ghosts. Spooning with ghosts TV show. Not to knock the sci fi channel, that. but you know. I yeah. think it's going to come from... Yeah, don't knock sci-fi. They show uh, reruns of Futurama. Yeah. The real hardcore alien research comes from the History Channel. That's You're right. right. We the all big dogs. That's right. <laughs> the big dogs of that weird section of learning TV on DirecTV. World War II. Pawn stars. Yeah. Ancient aliens. That's the, it. The meme about History Channel used to be that they only showed like Nazis and World War II stuff. It was oh, like, yeah. oh, if it was when World we War II. Growing up, that was it. But yeah. then all of a sudden, I mean, the shift was just, it was crazy. Yeah. Free it went very, very quick from mm-hmm. exclusively <laughs> World War II to sometimes Vietnam and a lot of alternative history. Yeah, exactly. There was a good series when I was like in middle school that was called 10 Days That Changed Oh, yeah, I remember that. I really Uh, like that. Also, how the states got their shapes. Mail call. Oh, yeah, that was kind of a good one. Mail call was great, yeah. R.I.P. Arlie Ermey. Yeah. I did like how the states got their shapes. Yeah, that was really good. That was a good good. show. Well, they were cookie cutters. Well, first it was a special, and then it was a show. And also, one of my old bosses used to work on it. Whoa! Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, fun stuff. From the History Channel. Thank you to the History Channel. Uh, Let's wrap for... this up, History Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up, History Channel. Let's get to verdicts. Are we ready for verdicts? Yes. Yeah. We feel good I about verdicts. I have the verdicts? bunker scale right here. Oh my god, we got the bunker scale out. Yeah, These guys are my... pros. I These are pro have, guys. I have Andy Hart steak scale. Oh, oh that might be outdated. Uh, you might have to be looking at an outdated scale. Andy, would you mind sharing a new scale with me? You have the Andy the Hart steak scale. Okay, oh, but I, I, know have what, I know what the bunker scale is. Okay. Wait, let, me, let me compare our scales here. What was my Spotify? I, I listened to like 60 billion. Yeah, Natalie, I think Mr. your scale's out of date. That can't use an unscientific scale. Yes, oh. Ian is a bunker like archivist. You are a bunker fucking lore historian. Lore you know historian. more about the show than I think anyone. Can you text us yeah, to me, Andy? I think that's fair. <laughs> Unless there's some bunk funker out there who... Actually, I have the picture somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up how many minutes. I think I most bunk funkers uh, know more about the show than you or I do. That's true. Well, yeah, because you Definitely guys me. just make jokes and make up all the research. Obviously, so right, yeah, obviously. you know, like when you tell a lie and then someone tells it back to you as a fact later in life, and uh-huh. you're just like, 
oh, I lied. Oh. Was not, you're like, I don't remember that at all. I yeah. must have lied. Or was That's that just true. me who was a fucking liar when I was a kid? I, I don't know, Ian. I'm sorry. Liar. liar? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> well, you put that can away. Put you your can away. Fucking liar. Huh? Put that can of peaches away. Ian, Ian I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I listened to 8,189 minutes. Oh, wow. fuck. 60, but that's 62 episodes. Wow. That's pretty good. And you come out with 52 a year. That's yeah. not so including the- you listen to a couple one. extra for a project that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wink. 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 We can't talk about it yet, but- uh, Wink. Um, that, that checks out. That's- that's okay. I'd You're like- still all right. Yeah, actually, Plus that's, all the Patreon stuff. That's not yeah. that crazy. And I only listened to all the Patreon stuff really like a week ago because I have this job right now where I'm doing really dumb tasks. So I have to listen to dumb stuff while I'm doing Right, to help match sense. the task. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sense. I actually found um, a piece of fun information from the depths of Wikipedia that oh. could be added to the bunker scale if you'll have me. Oh my goodness, of course. It's called Hitchens' Razor. Wow. <laughs> and it's Hitchens has phrased the razor in writing as what can be asserted without evidence can also be dismissed without evidence. It implies that the burden of proof regarding the truthfulness of a claim lies with the one who makes the claim. If this burden is not met, then the claim is unfounded and its opponents need not argue further in order to dismiss it. Wow, this is a skeptic. I agree with that take, though. I do. If you make a claim, you can't just say, oh, this is my claim and there's no evidence. It's up to you to prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. Yeah, it's up to the person making the claim to prove it. Because a claim is a piece of an argument that is supported by evidence. A claim is something that, like, you know, you call the insurance company up and... Talk about the hail damage on your car. That's yeah, a claim. right. That's a claim. Right, and they're like, prove it was hail hail damage, and not just you hammering away at the hood, trying right. to get a new hood. That's right. my business. Right. right. I could say Ian is sexually attracted to me, but until I actually show people the text messages he sends me, it's just me spouting off. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Should we bunker? Should we bunk up? <laughs> Of course, obviously the floor is your is yours. Yeah, uh, please. Oh, Hamilton's, and you can either pass it back to Andy and I. You or, can either uh, puff or pass. You can puff or pass. <laughs> you can puff or pass on this one. Um. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Aww. Well, I already said like, ladies, call first, me the monkeys because I'm a believer. Um, I would say with this. Whole, oh, you were talking about this. This whole. When you said that. This whole rigmarole. Yeah. Sleepy Jean over here. You mean the fucking doghouse, motherfucker? Yeah. You motherfucking dog. Who Please, let, I built the doghouse. Who let the dogs yeah, out, okay? Yeah, yeah. You'll be eating out of a bowl. Yippee-i-o. <laughs> doghouse is my man cave. Oh, my God. I'm eating out of my can in the doghouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm going to say... Mm, I'm going to say plausible... I, Plus and a half. Whoa! <laughs> Wait, wow. plus and a half on what, though? Oh, on, like, the men in black being, um, like, a government agency. Okay, like so a, like OSI. Like OSI, FBI, CIA, yeah. all involved oh, together, yeah, yeah, all working yeah. together to, like, not only, like, silence the public, Ooh. which I think, like, some stuff they're like, okay, like, STFU, GTFO, yeah, no UFO, uh huh, you know all that kind of stuff. Dude, but STFUO, OMG, LOL, ROFL, WTF, LMAO, L 
IRL, which is mine, the one I made up. Laugh in real life. Laughing in real life. I got oh, that. I the love text that. I really liked it. I really liked you can go ahead and use it, but attribute it to me, please. It's really sweet. Fine. Creative Commons. Uh, L-I-R-L. Uh, laughing in real life. Artstone. Because sometimes when you LOL, you're not really LOLing, but when you Lyral, you are, you're Lyraling. You're Lyraling. Yeah. So I would say plausible plus and a half to like, it actually, like Ben and Shut Black up, actually Andy, being real. But also, I would say, um, <laughs> I would also say, uh, let me pull up my notes really quick. Oh my God. Very uh, plausible plus plus, double plus good on the government actually like toying with the citizens and being Whoa. like, oh yeah, like, uh huh, like egging them on in order to distract them from like finding out some secrets because there's just been like, so many ways that the government has toyed with us historically. There's, so yeah. I'm like, why wouldn't they do it on this? You know, like what's stopping them? Um, so yeah, I think fair enough, Natalie. Wait, so disinformation is plus plus. Mm-hmm. And define your first one a little bit more. So it's a government agency <laughs> that working with the You are an extraterrestrial in a human skin suit, dude. <laughs> Well, because, okay, I'll, I'll tell you my reasoning. I have three things that I think should be defined here. Okay. Should be scaled on. Will you okay. define it then, Which Mr. Is, Big Shot? It's, it's, it's Natalie's verdict. It doesn't no. have to be the same as yours. It's okay. Well, I'm trying to understand her first one. Okay. So, All right. Uh, so for me, I think it breaks down into three. I think it breaks down. <laughs> Okay. In the three categories. Okay, okay it's fine. All right, put oh, the can opener down. What, you think I've been doing <laughs> steroids lately and that it's affecting my moods? I don't know. <laughs> so you have a lot sorry. of needles in your butt. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> am I peeking over there? I probably am. Uh, hey, Joaquin Phoenix, we need our Oscar what? back because we got a new Joker. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is a real peak performance right here. <laughs> Hey Jared Lato, Lato. I'll see you, Lato. We'll be seeing you, Lato, because Ian seeing you, Lato, in your house, real Gucci Joker. Natalie, that was a fantastic verdict. Thank Thank you so much. Wow, we live in a society. Uh, We live in a society, Natalie. Uh, So nice to have somebody in the green. Uh, And we'll see, Ian. Okay, uh, so I think there are three categories. Okay, I think there are Men in Black being aliens. Uh I think Uh there is Men in Black being government officials that are hiding legitimate UFO stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there is government agency spreading misinformation. Yeah. Okay. Disinformation. Disinformation. Disinformation, yes. Disinformation you, is fair. the willful act of spreading, knowing that they are lies. Misinformation is accidentally spreading wow. lies. The wow. use of words Natalie expressing is, something other than call you the literal intention. Yeah. Now that is irony. irony. Futurama. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, Men in Black being <laughs> actual aliens and suppressing humans' knowledge. I'm going to give that a plausible minus minus. Okay, so okay. you're not fully closed on that. Because I think... That's actually pretty high. Well, you know, but on the... But it's because, okay, if aliens exist, which I believe they do. Okay. But... Do I think they come to Earth? Probably not. But are there weird stuff that happen? Absolutely, yes. True. And are there fast flying objects? Absolutely, yes. Of course. Yeah. The government just said the other day they have they're going to release like terabytes of fucking UFO or whatever mm-hmm. they call it UAP footage. So soon. I don't really believe that stuff. But 
considering that there's still an open door to it. Yeah. And considering. You're leaving your little back door open. So that, <laughs> right. My little back door is open about halfway. Men in back. <laughs> but then I only believe a fourth of that, that they would bother to suppress the knowledge. Okay. So that brings it back down to minus minus. Okay. So it's like an eighth okay. of it. Exactly. Fair enough. Okay. So, well, and minus minus on the scale, that's like one sixteenth of the scale. So, you know, that's like one. That verdict's 12. doing me head in. Ooh, it's not really that high. It's down there. I guess you're right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I stay. I sit corrected. But considering that, uh, yeah, you're kind of right though. Still, it's like because the low end is like very low. <laughs> And then the standard deviation of the low end of the scale, yes, is <laughs> is very short. Whereas in the middle to the other sections, like the is middle right, is right. still very the high. variance. Yes, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. So I get that. Okay, so the Men in Black being what? a government agency that actively suppresses real life UFO stuff. Yeah, I'm going to give that plausible quirk Ooh, because. Okay. I don't really think that they'd be capable of that. Really? I just don't. I they can look at uh, you know look at how disorganized they are in every other facet of government. Mm-hmm. It's like you know just the fucking COVID vaccine rollout. They just can't do anything that well. I'm not Honestly, saying they can't do anything that well. I'm just like that well. Like to really stamp it out, they're just not that good. Honestly, I understand where you're coming from. However, I think that they would definitely try to like put their time towards something that fun. Okay. Or like that aggressive. They're like, why the fuck not? Yeah. You think Henry uh, Kissinger and uh, who is the old FBI boss? Uh, Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar Hoover were like sitting around and we're like, Let's have some fun. Ian, they were doing so many quaaludes, of course. <laughs> you think they ever kissed? Yeah, definitely. Yes. Kissinger and... Just a practice. You don't kiss your coworkers goodnight? <laughs> Why would they be that aggressive if they weren't actively suppressing, you know, their sexual desires? Wow, that's fair. Well... Um, okay, so you're not hot on that, but what, so what's your... Not th- hot on now, that. I'm thinking maybe you're going to... Give us a knockout one on this third one that's going to really floor us. Well, you know how good storytelling happens, and that's why you may be this right is on the climax. This. The government has got a scan entities <laughs> actively spreading disinformation. He's <laughs> ready to climax with his scan. Very plausible. Oh! Plausible. Wow. Very plausible. Great. We have seen how easy it is to get 30% of the country to just fucking believe anything. Yeah. (laughs) And that could be, you know, that that could be about anything, and that could be any 30%. Okay. But it is not that hard. No. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a uh it is a uh good one. Forget the fucking name. (laughs) Not George Orwell, the other one. Orson Welles. The Orson nope. Welles. The other one? Nope, H.G. Welles. Nope, nope. Not the guy who wrote 1984, the guy who wrote the one about the animals. Animal Farm? George Orwell. It's George Orwell. Oh. Who wrote? Who was, who was War of the Worlds? Wait. Orson H. G. Wells. H.G. Wells. <laughs> Orson, what? Orson Welles did the War of the Worlds. H.G. Wells did or was Animal it Jules, Farm. Yeah, H.G. Wells. Huxley. Right? Aldous Huxley? Yeah. <laughs> 
He did Brave New World. Right. So <laughs> it's yeah, who, that who instead of Orwellian. It's, apart. it's not. Uh, it's not. It's who wrote Catch Twenty Two? Uh, Joseph it's, Heller. It's it's not um it's not suppression it is distraction it mm. is it is saying hey 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 don't pay attention all hey look new flavor of coke go try that don't they're, worry about that they're like look don't this. they're like don't not look at the sun just right. put on these sunglasses it's suppression of choice it's it's distraction it's mm-hmm. yes. it's, it's don't worry about hey could be aliens don't worry about that the thing that I'm doing where I'm looking at I'm probing you and I'm spying you. Aliens. You know what I'm exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't it's think it's that hard. I think they're very capable of it. Right. And I think they have many reasons to do it. Right. It's a classic political tactic of like, what about is Especially cold, like, cold era politics, yeah. you know. Cold war era. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. How did I forget that word? Cold era. <laughs> and cold era. Would you like to go? Yeah, I'll go. Uh, Ian, I kind of like your format. So I'm going to steal it. Um, that's just for me. Well, I'm sorry. I'm stealing it. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to criticize for Natalie that's, for not using it. He's going to steal it and he's going to take credit for it. That's yeah. an allowable bunker move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> learn to play the game. Uh, so Don't hate the player. Uh, extraterrestrials are the men in black. Uh, case closed. Yeah. I think we all know how I feel about extraterrestrials. They're not fucking here. So they can't suppress But anything. do you believe that aliens are out there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. I believe there is definitely life. I mean, unquestionably, there is life littering the universe. Uh, littering. And there's probably sentient beings somewhere. I Agreed. just don't think that they're here with us. Right. Um it's just too big. Yeah. It's too fucking big. Yeah. Uh the the next one that the government is actively using its agents to suppress information about extraterrestrial contact. Um I'm going to say plausible. This is going to be weird. I'm going to say plausible plus because I believe pretty much if you tell me like, oh, the government's doing this thing to fuck people up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's probably true. Um, I think it's plausible plus not because I think the government knows anything, but I think that they could be uh, like trying to like get people to not say that mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, and it's probably more like, please don't talk about this because it's actually covert technology. Mm-hmm. Um so I would say plausible plus, and I guess I could probably go all the way to case confirmed. I could probably be convinced, but Whoa. um Oh my god, I hope you are. It's only I'm only saying plausible plus because I don't think they actually know anything. Mm. And I want to be make that clear. I don't think they actually have alien technology that they're trying to suppress. Mm-hmm. Um so is the government actively spreading disinformation about UFOs? Case confirmed. Wow. I should have said case confirmed too. I didn't I didn't see anybody yeah. saying that what happened to Paul Benowitz was a misunderstanding. Yeah. I didn't see anybody saying like, oh, Dodie's lying about this. Like everybody seemed to con- say in Mirage Men, like, yeah, this thing happened to Paul Benowitz. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dodie comes off like people are like, you can't tell if he's lying or not. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I get that, that I don't know how truthful he's being, but it seems like pretty much everybody accepts what happened to Paul Benowitz is that he got fed disinformation from the government. They mm. broke into his house. They harassed him. And then he lost his mind. Mm. So I don't know why I'm I think laughing. Case confirmed because it happened. Yeah. This is like an MK Ultra type of situation. Yeah. Mm. Case confirmed because it happened. Case confirmed. 
on the government and actual humans doing that. Case closed on aliens doing that. So are we the real monsters? Always. Uh, Always. Real real monsters. monsters. (laughs) God damn it. That was so cute. At the same time, (laughs) took me so much by surprise. Um, God damn! You never know what to expect when the O Hamiltons come aboard. Huh? No, so that's holding his eyes in his hands. Oh yeah, yeah. With his stinky ass pits. Chrome. He's mm-hmm. definitely that's behind chrome. all this. That's one. Uh, what then, was it? Ula. Una? She was like the one the, that looked like an umbrella. black and white striped uh, mm-hmm. like umbrella one. You know, I actually didn't like that show as a kid. It kind of creeped me out. I like that show. I like the video game. I might too, like for the Sega a... Genesis. Oh, I think wow. I played that. Fun game. Um, yeah, they were very creepy. Uh, but I like that show. It was just, it was a very crudely drawn show. It was a very strange show. Yeah, I felt like, fine about it. Yeah. yeah. Are You Afraid of the Dark, though? I couldn't watch that show. Oh, oh I love that. You were afraid scary. of the dark. Oh, I was incredibly afraid. You were afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I was not afraid of the dark, but I was afraid of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Exactly. And the answer to that question is yes. Case confirmed. Oh, so you are afraid <laughs> of the dark? No. <laughs> See, we're, uh, this is a hilarious. Oh, <laughs> who's on okay. first between us? Yeah. Ian I don't here. know who's on second. Yeah. Another remake of a third? show that took place in the 90s that they brought back for nostalgia value. Wow. Was it any good? No. Yeah, didn't think so. Well, Stop bringing stuff back unless you're going to make it remake. good. I know. Mm. Um, I'm going to go, are they uh, themselves ET? No. Plausible quirk. Um, I, I agree with that. That's not happening. But weird verdict here. Let me Let me talk you through it. Are they suppressing and are they doing disinformation? Both highly plausible. Mm, mm-hmm. Now, why is that? I think that's how it started. I think that originally these were OSI agents. They were going out to these these people out in the rural areas saying like, you didn't fucking see anything. This didn't fucking happen. Don't fucking talk about it or else we're going to do blah, blah, blah to you. And this was, you know, back in the day. The Sopranos do the same thing. What do you mean the Sopranos do the same thing? In the Sopranos, they're like, you didn't fucking see nothing. Yeah, yeah. If okay. the mafia comes sure. up to you and yeah. they fucking tell you you didn't see anything, you didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. That actually happens. Be- well, I don't want to spoil the Sopranos because it's the greatest show ever written. Are you and- saying you think he dies at the end? And ever acted. <laughs> You're such a bastard, Ian. I knew the ending when I watched it. <laughs> and it didn't take anything that? away from it. <laughs> it, it. But it does for some people. Okay, we'll put a spoiler alert. It's the greatest show ever written and ever acted. I agree. Take this, cut it out. I'm going to fucking cut it out. I'm going to censor it. I'm going to put a honk over it. it. (laughs) Actually, I like that. Yeah, bleep bleep it. I'm going to bleep it because that's how much I respect The Sopranos. Anyway. I I get it. You're right. And there's a a scene in season two where something happens. It might be season one, but I think it's season two where something happens and then they pay off a guy to make sure that he doesn't talk about it any further. Yep. And I think the same kind of thing happened Happens probably a lot more than we ever give credit to it. Because we always think that humans would be like, I'm not going to rock it through that. But it's like, mm, mm-hmm. we're rule followers and we don't like confrontation. <laughs> you know, like. And like money talks, but threats also talk. They do. Yeah, <laughs> they do. And um, I think if some government suits came up to you and you were just some dude who owned a farm back in 1947 and you're like, I saw flying saucers, you probably wouldn't talk to anybody about it. Also. Not very much part of the cultural zeitgeist at the time. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to talk to about it? You're not going to go online and mm-hmm. talk about it because it doesn't exist. Yeah, Or you'll like think you're crazy. Or you think you're es- crazy. Especially back then, it's like, if people think I'm crazy, they're going right. to throw me away. You know. So they come up to you. So, and then I think that morphed into 
a trope that is very much well known. Everybody, like you go up to him, but oh, the men in black, they're like, oh, I like the movie. But it's like, I think that morphed into a trope later on that's like, no, now it's like just easy enough to just, it's so much easier to actually just spread disinformation mm. than it is to get the real stuff out there. Suppress mm. Yeah. Real information. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easier to be like, it what it might have been aliens. Yeah. Gee, you think you saw men in black? Tell me more about that. And let's not let's ignore what it really is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that okay. So, yeah. It's way easier for yeah. the government to like let people believe, like, well, yeah, that could happen, but I, you know, oh geez, you know. Mm-hmm. I also think too, like, if aliens were being the men in black, first of all, like, why would they dress like that? Why would they give a shit? Also, like, how would they know that like the tactic would be to like strike fear into our hearts. <laughs> yeah. At, you know, like or whatever. So I totally agree of that like plausible quirk of like, yeah, like maybe, but like why the f- why would they care? Yeah. You know? I agree with you. Um, well, bunk funkers, uh, those were our those were our verdicts. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else I could say about it. Take them or leave them, okay? Those were our verdicts. Take them <laughs> or leave them. Um and, um, you know, let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Uh, hashtag. Uh, Galaxy Defenders. <laughs> yeah. No, hashtag. Uh, welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie. I think Art's going to write them both down. No, I'm not. Uh, oh! Hashtag welcome to Earth. They're the guests. They Wait, get the hashtag. fine. I'm okay with it. Um, I'm bad, but I'm okay with it. Uh, use the hashtag welcome to Earth and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, but before you do, goodness, please, Hamiltons. Oh, Hamiltons. Hi. What do you have going on that people can check out, that they can see you in, that they can... Just get more of your general wonderfulness. You go first. Um, well, uh, we have 100% Sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic show. Quarantine talk show from, we were in New York we when New COVID York. first hit, and we made a talk show in our living room, or our office, actually, and that was a lot of fun. There's sketches. There's conversation. Um, and, uh, you may see more content coming off that page soon. Wow. I look forward to that. You may see that. I've just been in Chicago so much that we haven't been around each other enough to do much of it, but we're, we're making our way. We're making our way downtown. Yeah. And, um, I'll, you know, I'll put it out there. It's not immediately, but very soon, uh, me and my friend, John Polking, will have a podcast out there. Called One and Done TV, where we review TV shows that were canceled after one season. Wow. If I ever get the call to guest, I know what show I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Well, originally we did this back in 2015, and you did Mulaney with me and John. That's right. And uh, Andy, I I can't remember what show you did. Lucky Louie. Lucky Louie. Oh, boy. Can't do that show these days. (laughs) Let's revisit it. Uh, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think the part where he pulls out his penis on that show wouldn't uh, play very well, <laughs> even to talk about. No, Whatever do you mean? Um. So, uh, yeah, that's a lot of fun, and um, it's just it's it's really nice. We did fifty episodes about this subject matter back in the day, 
and uh, mysteriously they were all taken off the internet. So we we want them oh. back. We want them back. Mm-hmm. If well, anyone was, from the f- internet is listening, give them back. <laughs> Bugfuckers, we know you have those episodes, show. you assholes. That's right. It's a fantastic show, <laughs> and I assure you that when. Uh, you and John get that up and running. You will be uh, hearing more about it. Um, yeah, I'm because, sure uh, me and John will be on this very podcast maybe. to talk we'll about it. Well, we'll yeah. see. If you'll allow. Okay, well. We're going to see mean, what happens. Let's let's have someone else. Well, me and him have. What makes the podcast interesting is we have opposing views on baby kidnapping. Oh! So, you know, there's a lot of, there's some, there's some headbutting going on on who thinks what. Uh, comes right. up during every episode of, of One and Done. Oh, pretty uh, much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fanta- anything else from the O'Hamiltons that you'd like to plug? Yeah. I mean, like the thing that I work 50 hours a week on yes. is uh, this little show on the Learning Channel, TLC, TLC, called Pillow Talk Before the 90 Days. Wow. And it's really fun. I have like a really fun team that I get to work with. So if you're into... Uh, 90 Day Fiance or anything like that. Um, maybe you'll enjoy this spinoff show, which is a lot of pajamas and snacks and shit talking, and um, fun bits and jokes that I write. Oh. Natalie is a superstar writer and producer. Yeah, associate producer. Associate producer. I and don't I know the difference. Sorry for the lingo. I just actually uh became a member of the Writers Guild of America. That's right. <laughs> WGA card holding member. Uh, is SAG-AFTRA or no? No. Well, we're, we're both SAG We've eligible. We've been eligible for years, yeah. but you don't want to take it because then they're going to take your money. Yeah. Yeah, there's been no reason to. And, yeah. You know, it's like... Yeah. Um, yeah. We know. know what's up with that. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't yeah, audition we, a lot, and yeah, we, we kind of do our own thing. We've definitely been in a lot of things. I was in an MOS industrial one time, so I totally bugged. Was that the in. one that we did with Justin together? No, oh. no not for um, Guy Bauer. That was for uh, okay. It was the one I did with Justin for Xfinity. Okay. Oh my god, <laughs> JustinLink.com, JustinLink.com. <laughs> um, well, that's fantastic, Hamiltons. I can't wait to see what you guys do the rest of the year because mm-hmm. God knows we will support it. And we can't um, wait to see what y'all do. Also, we'll see. I'm, I'm going to plug your Patreon because yes. I've well, been listening to the episodes for, uh, I mean, over the past year, but especially over the last week, I've caught up on it on a lot of the episodes. Yeah. And something that Ian and I say to each other all the time is, oh, Peggy. There's there's great stories on there, like the full incident of Andy not being allowed to go to Europe. It's uh, one of my favorite stories of all time. By his band director, because he was afraid Andy would be an embarrassment just, to the nation. I couldn't write a funnier story. Yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright's that. Fucked Up Life was a really good episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah. interview you had with the bunk funker who... That's um, right. Jerry. Who trains uh, emotional, emotional support, support animals. animals? That was lovely. At first, and, and truly, at first, I started to listen. I was like, eh, I don't know how into this I'll be. And then it was awesome. <laughs> like it was like, <laughs> like I, I was like, oh, I don't know how. Okay, and he then I, it out was of the mouth of babe syndrome. Really <laughs> interesting. It was really, really interesting. Jer- it was a fantastic week. Jerry that was a, a former wonderful guy, former former perk of the patron that we have now since removed. But <laughs> if you were a ten dollar patron during the time that it existed, it, you are grandfathered in. You can always cash that in. But you there might have an interview on the Patreon where we will have a call with you and That's we'll talk right. about fucking whatever. Yeah, and um, we don't have to publish it or not. Um, but 
Jerry was nice enough to allow us to publish that. We're thankful that he did. He took us up on it. Uh, so far, the only patron to ever take us up on that. Uh, that was that was great. The Guinness uh, World Records one was great. Yep. The one about the the guy from Japan who kept escaping from prison. Yeah. Fantastic story. That was really interesting. Yeah. Definitely. The one about the haunted mansion though was bad. Garbage. No, that, fucking stupid. That was like legitimately upsetting to me as oh. I listened to it. Wow. I was like, this place is so upsetting to me. I don't see. I don't know if I. I may not have finished the episode. I may have wow. left the, the see, last twenty minutes. Sometimes I wish off. I had this. Like, Ian, you bring a very. You're a wild card. You really are. He really is. You're <laughs> fucking crazy. I never know what's going to come out of that uh-huh. sweet little mouth of uh-huh. yours. <laughs> um, I don't listen to eight thousand minutes of this without liking some of it. Okay. Yeah, he's a guy. Yeah. I never know what's going to come out of that kid's mouth. but I never uh, know what's going to come out or go into that mouth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I oh, your like, keys, Andy. Oh, no. <laughs> um, thank you, Ian. That's very nice of you. You're a very sweet little boy. And um, I need those to unlock my chastity belt. <laughs> um, you, of course, can find... You can always email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Yeah. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at mrbunkerpod. You can find us on YouTube. YouTube search mrbunkerpod and you'll find it. Can I also plug your merch? Because I'm wearing... You can plug the merch! I'm wearing the... Uh, we don't do enough good of a job of that, but we should do more of it. I'm wearing the Welcome to the Bunker sweatshirt okay. currently, like a total fangirl. I wear it all the time. Wow, wow. People stop me do they all really? the time oh, and ask me. Love people sweatshirt. love... They do. They love that sweatshirt. At least they love me wearing it. That's I don't true. know. Okay. Um, I was okay. actually at a dispensary in a Evanston, <laughs> which is the place to wear conspiracy theory gear. I, apparently. Because uh, mm. I know a lot of stoners like the show. And, yeah, they do. And uh, I have literally like staff members at the dispensary were like, yo, what's your sweatshirt all about? And I told them all about the podcast wow. and they told me to write it down. Wow. So, we live in Austin, which is famously weird. People there love it. People too. there love it. Yeah. Oh. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally your winter shill. Wow. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. For oh. it in a winter shilling land. Um. Good ad read. Um, this is- might steal that. Um, <laughs> we're gonna cut this and use it. And um, thank you for 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 going to the Pontiac Silverdome for us, uh-huh, uh, Natalie. Uh, I'm glad you're happy with the merch. Yes, uh, Patreon. Nope. Uh, Mr. Bunkers Conspiracy.com forward slash merch. We've got t-shirts of multiple different styles. Coffee cups, camping yeah, mugs. Coffee cups, camping mugs. Bags, camping mugs are really bags. nice. Cans. What cans? You know what? Could you get a? I shaved my head recently. Could you get a beanie up there at some point? Uh, we'll see. Yeah, just do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, yeah, is that just, just do it. They don't have print on beanies. They only have fucking etched in, like sewn in beanies, and the it doesn't look as good. Uh, mm. I'd like to get like a patch that you sew onto the beanie. Yeah. If you, you would, do you would. sell patches on there? You do, right? Stickers. Stickers. No, we should get some patches. Yeah. If you sell patches, you know what? We should I will buy them and sell them on ship to the patrons. Yeah, we should do that. You guys like patches? Yeah. yeah. Patches are good. What about stickers or patches? Okay, stickers for the Nalgene, patches, patches for the hats. What about pins? Stickers are effective, patches are classier, pins, pins are, are cute. useless. Huh? Oh. Wow. Oh boy. Okay. Peek behind like the well. opinions here. Time. Uh <laughs> patrons, hey, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunkerpod. Maybe we'll be sending you some free stuff soon. Bing, 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 bing. Because of the O'Hamiltons. And um, you can uh, so you have them to thank for this. Yeah, you can get access to the bunker Discord where you can chat with uh, Natalie, uh, Andy, and I. Yeah, and uh, maybe I don't Ian, participate. Ian doesn't participate, so it's a safe environment. It's Though I'd like to, you're more than welcome to. Nah. Um, but just remember, we have the power to ban you. Yeah, we do. 
And uh, you could get a bunker alarm, access to over 40 hours of behind-the-scenes content, access to the uh, Mr. Bunker's Project Podcast podcast. That's so funny. Very funny. Um, show that we only. did with their friend Nick about all the old, old podcasts that Mr. Bunker did before he uh, captured us. Okay, fuck. I think that's it. Well, <laughs> oh, Hamilton's. Thank you so much for being here. All right, Andy, thank, thank you so much. Another year. I got nothing out of this experience. I but had such a blast. It's it's fair enough. We appreciate that. We were glad you were here. You just Me saunter too. off you. with your little can. Eh. You go eat out of it. <laughs> eat out of that can. Yummy. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys would like to say before we get the fuck out of here? Um, Happy New Year. Happy wow. New Year. Good old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot and is of old lang well, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my angsty co-host, Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Whatever. Toodaloo! Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.